Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion of the EA Game Changers program. Had to correct a lot of misinformation and ignorance uh, and put some people in their place because they're saying a lot of things that aren't true and accusing myself and other Game Changers of things that are false. And if you enjoy these talks and this content, remember that you can come in and watch me live to take part in the Q&A sessions. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. That's when these hit the, the podcast feeds and YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, an easy way to support what I do as well is just to click the like button and share the video. Let's just jump right into the questions. I think there's going to be a lot again today. So Dusty V says... I love the current grind and find find it fulfilling. However, do you think that the addiction of a penultimate activity such as a raid or something, oh, the addition of a penultimate activity like a raid or something similar has a place in Anthem? I think we need to let cataclysms happen and let the raid level content happen before we start drawing conclusions about pieces that are missing. Like, we're not, we're not really at the I don't think we've really arrived yet at a fully orbed uh, end game and I think that's just because they've got things planned they're they're kind of trickling the content and I think because of that there is what feels like a bit of a vacancy in the game right now and I don't necessarily know if that's a problem I think sometimes these games have to keep their cards kind of close to the chest because you're not able, I don't think, to have a game like this if they launch with like everything out of the gate. I think that's where we run into problems. Like, I'll give you an example of one of the problems right now that they should have kept. They should have kept this locked. Uh, so this is a criticism. I think they should have kept Grandmaster two and three locked because it's clear that there's not any incentive to run them right now. So people are making a valid criticism. They're like, why do you have levels of difficulty that basically have no purpose or meaning? Like there's no real reason to run them. Now, somebody this morning said, well, if you beat all three of the, you know, strongholds at Grandmaster three, you get a bunch of coin. And I'm like a bunch of coin to spend on what? Like the, the, there's no there's like no decorative elements in the game to buy right now there's almost nothing now that they've said is tied to a feature i'm gonna freeze i think i think my game's locking up yep ah that's annoying i haven't had a lock up all day and we have one as soon as we start q a they said that the cosmetics is going to be tied to a feature so that way there's more uh there's more armor and things for you to chase in the game than there is right now Again, that's part of my criticism. I'm like, why even include Grandmaster 2 and 3 then if you don't have loot incentives for them? Because what's happening is, and this is something that, that, that other companies can learn from this, okay? Other companies can learn what's happened. The people that stream and do YouTube, they kind of lead from the front. We're going out ahead of everybody. We're going out and doing the things first. We're getting to the end game first. We're grinding more than everybody else. And we're experiencing the game in a disproportionate or an inordinate pace. And so you have to know we're going to get there first. That's why when they said Grandmaster 2 and 3 are locked at launch, I was like, that's a great decision. Because folks like myself and others will play such unnatural amounts of time. We're going to get to the end and expose problems, shortcuts, exploits, looting patterns that are too easy. And when I heard that, I was like, that's a great decision. So I believe they've ultimately made a mistake in having Grandmaster 2 and 3 available without any loot incentive. Now, with the trickle and the rhythm of content on the annual pass that we've seen, I think we'll be in great shape once stuff starts landing. But it would have made more sense if, like, think about it like this. If we couldn't go past Grandmaster 1 right now, everybody would be just maxing their builds. 
right? Max your build, max your build. There's Grandmaster 2's coming at such and such a date and time. We'd all be maxing our builds and getting ready, and it would feel appropriate. Like we're kind of in the we're kind of in the a holding pattern. The hardcore players only, keep in mind. The hardcore players would be in like a holding pattern, and then Grandmaster 2 would launch, we'd sink our teeth into it. There'd be all these cool incentives to do Grandmaster 2, maybe cool armor sets, maybe new things, maybe cool abilities that we couldn't get yet, or I don't you know, I don't know what. And when you do that, the rhythm of content delivery is then in line and in harmony with incentive. And right now it's not harmonious. It doesn't make any sense. And so is it a major problem? No, it's not a major problem because most of the player base isn't going to experience what we're experiencing. So it's not a front burner issue. Front burner issues are long load screens, crashes, the sound glitch, progress not tracking, you know, little things, even little things like that they fixed over the weekend where you would edit your character and it wouldn't stick. Like stuff like that. That's a front burner issue. Why is that a front burner issue, Lono? Well, it affects everybody. From the top to the bottom, it's hard to enjoy the game if you're freezing, if you're loading, if you're locking, if your progress isn't saving. You know, that's why I took issue with the tomb mission and was so glad they made such a fast change. I was like, everybody that plays this game's got to go through this and it's terribly paced, you know? But I'm a sellout on the show. I don't make criticisms. So, next question Natural causes. What would your opinion be of this game in its current state? Uh, is it worth buying right now, or should I wait until they actually finish the game, uh, and how would you rate it? Well, I mean, there's accusation lace in this question. I don't agree with the, te- with the with the axiom that it's an unfinished game. Unpolished, sure, but it's a finished game. It's got a campaign, it's got a loot pursuit, it's got plenty to do for the $60. Now, I never tell people to buy the game. I never people to, I never told people to pre-order. I told people that for the $60, I felt like I got my money's worth and here's why. And I make argumentation. This is me talking, so you have to decide if this speaks to you, okay? There is a campaign that if played exhaustively can take anywhere from 15 to 20 plus hours. 15 is the low end, okay? So if you play the high end of the campaign, it's going to take you well over 20 hours. Once you get beyond that, you're then in the loot grind. I think the loot grind is satisfactory because there's four javelins, there's multiple difficulty levels, and there's a ton of different builds you can come up with according to the different abilities that you're farming for. So the loot is the loot incentive and the combat loop are intrinsically linked in I think a healthy way. The dissonance in the game right now is Grandmaster 2 and 3 that will more than likely get fleshed out and filled as time goes on. So if you're not if you're not the kind of player that's going to hit if you're not going to hit that wall as fast as me, then I don't think you're going to hit the vacancies in the game right now. I think the major vacancies are Grandmaster 2 and 3. I don't believe that most people are going to hit those vacancies. I believe most people are going to get the game and enjoy themselves and then after they enjoy themselves, they'll be like, "Okay, what what's next and then hopefully your pace would line up with their content delivery so you'd be like what's next like well oh next week there's this and this and this going on great you know i'm I'm looking forward to that i'm not telling you to buy the game though there's a spiral staircase of relevancy right you're going up in difficulty you're going up and replaying free play contracts legendary contracts and the three strongholds you're replaying that content at greater difficulties to get the loot I don't think the game gets stale or boring because when I'm playing as a storm right now, it feels like a. I'm not, and I'm not, in my opinion, again, I'm not exaggerating here. To me, it feels like a totally different game. 
it feels like a completely different game when I'm playing one class versus the next. Colossus versus Ranger versus Storm. That's why the spiral staircase doesn't bother me. That's why the the way they're trickling out the content doesn't bother me because while I'm waiting on content, I know that I can grind up other characters. I know that I can work on other things that I think is enjoyable. So, does it have vacancies? Yes. Most of those have already been fixed as far as the problems of like the the tomb mission and the pacing there and some of the glitches that were happening on the tomb mission. Uh, and beyond that, I think they've made good quality of life changes to the Javelin themselves. The biggest vacancy in the game right now, content-wise, is Grandmaster 2 and 3. And I hope that every week they're like, we fix this glitch, we fix this bug. Because the, gl- the bugs and the glitches are, to a certain extent, they're not excusable. Like, you shouldn't be having people spend $60 and being unable to play the game. That's That's not defensible. I've not had that experience on this version on PC or when I played on my brother's Xbox One and so I think sometimes the glitches and bugs are being overstated but I also think sometimes people are just having actual hardware issues and they're not maybe their system's just not built or optimized for the for the game I don't know there is some there is some sound issues though that seem to be linked to basically anybody who plays and again you can't defend that I will never defend a game launching with bugs and glitches me saying that that's like that's a thing that happens the question is how fast do they fix it well the game's been in development how is that even possible it's been in development for six years i mean dude every game i've ever played i feel like launches with problems and bugs and glitches unless it's a single player game so i'll never defend them for bugs and glitches that prevent you from playing you spend 60 bucks and can't play the game there's no defense of that that needs fixed as soon as possible so chemical 1636 what are your thoughts on having a minimap in the future minimap's been a pretty common request from people as a quality of life change uh, I'm not going to put this on the front burner but it's definitely something that I think would make free play navigation a lot more enjoyable and I would be concerned that lots of people are going to spend a lot of time in free play and you want that to be a little more streamlined than it is right now personally uh, there was a minimap in the demo? Oh, well then maybe they took it out for some reason. Maybe it was causing issues. Dingus Dale, thank you for the Prime sub. Um, maybe it was causing issues with frame rate or something because it's overlaid on the on the, like the heads-up display. I don't know. Um, I would want to be able to toggle minimap. Waypoints are a must. Waypoints are a must, but let me just give you some feedback as a player that, that might help you. There's not a lot, there's very few times where I have to go to a specific location, all right? There's not a lot of times where that happens. I don't, like, I basically just roam around free play and just go to whatever the next thing is. I never look at the map, and I think I have a much more enjoyable time because of that. And I think when you attempt to go to specific locations on the map, that's when those waypoints are really, really needed, and I think that. I don't know. I don't feel like that's a common need as long as, like, if you're just farming pubs, why do you need to pull this up? What's it matter? Just fly to the next area and and wait for the purple thing to pop up. Do you, I, I don't know. I just never really feel the need to pull it up, personally. But a mini-map, I think, is a worthy quality. Of, I mean, that's a, that's a worthy request, especially if, if, if people are correct in saying it was in the beta, then it, I would put it back in as soon as possible. 
uh, Charleston says, why does flying down lower your heat, but free falling keeps you at the same heat level? That's a criticism I made uh, the other day. If you're not engaging your thrusters for flight, you sh- your cooldown should be initiated. And I'm going to show you guys what I mean on stream. So I'm flying right now, and my you know my temperature there, you can see the temperature bar filling up. Okay, I should be able to press the jump button to fall, and right now I should be cooling down. I should be cooling down. I'm not using the thrusters to slow my fall. I'm not doing anything that should be I should be cooling down. That's a thing that they just need to change in the, in the in the way the mechanic works. I don't think they're going um to say no to that. I think if enough people are like, you know, it kind of doesn't make sense that I can't, you know, free fall and when I free fall, you know, start to kind of the cooling process. Especially considering there are times where I forgot to change my um, my guns again. There are plenty of times where, like, I basically just fall as a means of, like, this is going to help me get down on the ground and cool down. And the entire time I'm falling, I don't I don't cool. Um, personally, I also feel that the 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 over the, the length of time that you're overheated needs to be dramatically shrunk. I know there's gear that shrinks it, but like. Look how long I was overheated there. It's just way too long. It stretches into the absurdity, in my opinion. It's like, dude, just let me freaking hover again. Like, it's not... It's not that... I mean, it's advantageous, but, like, you're relegating me to the ground for a really long time. Um, Again, that's a consistent criticism that I made, is I feel content is too often... uh, overheating you and then you're overheated for forever it's it should be a momentary penalty it is enormous it's just so long in the grand scheme of combat it's just it it feels in my opinion again this is my opinion in the rhythm of combat the amount of time that you are overheated and sometimes the amount of time that you're stunned is so dissonant compared to the speed and the bombastic nature of combat combat is snappy it's boom 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 it's like you're going from this to this to this and then there's just this it feels like this super arbitrary nope you can't do anything right now just sit on the dadgum ground why i just overheated think about it like this your shield will come back up way i mean way faster than your overheat uh, it that just feels dissonant. It's like it's just a natural pain point, right? You you lose your shield, you kind of dodge, you kind of get into hiding, and then you get your shield back, right? Well, your your overheat, it's just like it it just feels super super out of place because it's just so extended. Uh, M M X Y K. Do you need to wear your highest power gear to get higher power drops? Or is it like Destiny, as long as you have higher power gear in your vault, it counts towards your maximum possible power influences? I actually don't know how that works. Um, Given that I've been wanting to just keep my gear score high uh, to go, you know, to go into the content and feel strong. Now, maybe I don't need to do that. Um, maybe, Maybe you don't need to equip your highest level stuff. I don't know. I just assumed that it was going to look at my stuff. Loot is based on pilot level. Don't worry about gear score in terms of drops. People in chat are saying, so I've been doing it the opposite, but I definitely wasn't doing that because the game taught me to do that. I was just doing it because it just felt sensible to put on my strongest gear. Uh, but apparently 
that's you don't you don't need to do that. You can uh, you can just go into the content and get the and get the better gear. Amish Milkman, with how the EA game changers are getting mixed community response, I have concern that other companies will not try something similar. Do you think community mob effect has a mass effect on these things, or are there ways around it without seeming like a buy-off? I think part of the problem is the game has problems, and so I think people's assumption is that, well, if you're a game changer and you're not literally constantly only talking about those problems, then you're a sellout. I also think that people love to have their opinions affirmed. So they watch Skill Up and Angry Joe, and they're like, yeah, look at these guys. Game's garbage, game's crap, game's a disappointment. And anybody who isn't ma- anybody who's not meeting this tone, anybody who's not meeting this tone in this dialogue is a sellout in the shill. So this is what people do. They... They basically act as if their viewpoint is the only viewpoint to, to, to be had. And if you don't have that viewpoint that there's there's something wrong with you or you're an idiot or you're a loser or you're a sellout. And the reason they do this is because they're insecure. If you're insecure in your life and in your opinions and, and what you think, you feel that your opinion and your, and your thoughts on things are invalidated by the existence of other opinions that aren't like yours. So you're easily threatened by people disagreeing with you and then you just resort to insults right there are plenty of people who don't like the game and agree with skill up who aren't insecure by the way i'm talking about the people who hurl insults they hurl insults from a place of insecurity it's one thing to come into my stream and be like i didn't like the game lono it was glitchy and buggy and it bothered me that there were so many load screens or i don't like the combat or i don't like the loot pursuit that's not an insecure person the insecure person is the one who basically just hurls insults at anybody who disagrees with them, right? So, when that's going on, I think people need to remember that a lot of the people in the in the dialogue are essentially just people looking to have their opinion validated, and if you don't validate their opinion, they feel in, they feel passively insulted, and so then they insult you. Again, it's stemming from insecurity. I had plenty of people disagree with me on my YouTube videos and they did it in a way that I felt was respectful and they were not just completely calling my character into question and I allowed their comments to stay up. But people that were like, you're a sellout, you're a shill, you were paid to make this video. No, I deleted their comments because that's not true. They're spreading falsehood, they're spreading lies and they're doing it out of, you know, again, out of a place of insecurity. I don't believe people giving negative reviews are are coming from a place of insecurity, but I believe people use those reviews as a way to validate their pre-existing opinion, and then they go and they use that as a way to, like, insult people, throw it in people's faces, etc. And so the... The way that people have been talking to like EA game changers and stuff, I don't know if it'll make other companies hesitant. They might say, you know, why don't we just do more traditional you know sponsorships and partnerships so it's clear what's going on i believe ea's just streamlined the process to where if they want to send me a code or invite me to a uh, invite me to an event there's just a, there's just a natural sweet little um, easy to access hub where i can get all that information i can get those codes i can get those things and they don't have to consistently have contact with me to make sure i'm you know i'm 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 oh hey you got some codes for some free stuff in apex legends or whatever 
Um, so the, the, in the future, people might say, you know what? It's not worth it. It's too easy for people to create a false narrative. It's too easy for people to say, oh, these guys are, you know, their opinions are bought and paid for, blah, 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 blah. I mean, look, there was bad things that came out in the past. There were some YouTubers that kind of set this for fertile ground for criticism, right? There were YouTubers that were dishonest about being paid to make uh, glowing reviews of the Xbox One way back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember that. There were these guys that didn't say they were paid. There was this big controversy about folks not disclosing that they were doing sponsored content, okay? So that was that was that was a huge controversy and that made for fertile ground. People are like we can't trust YouTubers they're bought and paid, okay? Then there was a Warner Brothers program that came under fire for essentially paying people to do positive reviews. Like it was it wasn't like what what they did with Anthem was different. They paid people to do tutorials and guides. They didn't pay people to say good things, right? And so the Warner Brother program, I think, made other people hesitant. And then add on top of this, right? Yeah, Syndicate was one of the ones who didn't disclose that he was doing sponsored videos about the Xbox One being a great system. He didn't disclose that. People got really angry and nobody cares now. Um, but that was fertile ground. Now, on top of all this fertile ground, right, you've got you've got YouTubers not disclosing sponsored stuff. They're basically misleading people. Then you have the Warner Brothers program. Then EA basically really plant seed for you know dislike and discontent in the community with what they did with Battlefront and what they've done with FIFA and Madden. Those games have come under fire, you know, and and people don't like you know the nature of how all that's gone down and people look at EA and they think, well, they need better PR, so they're going to pay YouTubers and Twitch streamers for it. I mean, I can sit here and say until I'm blue in the face that I don't get paid a dime for my streams or my YouTube videos that I put up, but people don't care. They just assume I'm breaking the law, like, with regularity. Like, the, um, I believe it's FTC. It's the FTC that regulates it, right? The, or the FCC. I'm not sure. One of them, one of those, one of those you know, government, government organizations regulates it. And I, ha- I literally, according to guidelines, FCC... Now I got both people in chat saying something different. I got FTC and FCC. Uh, One of them regulates it. And if I do not stipulate with hashtag ad or sponsored or any of those things, right? It is the FTC. Okay, so it's the FTC. I thought so. I think I just got a masterwork. Um, Or the fire was tricking me. Um, No, I got a legendary. I actually just got a legendary item. That's good because the drop rate's been really really bad um and people are now just putting a bunch of different acronyms in the chat so i literally can't do that i would get in enormous legal trouble if i was being paid money to make a video and i wasn't telling you it was sponsored it there is not a content creator alive right now i don't i don't think that's going to take that risk and ea doesn't want you doing it either because they could get in trouble that's why they got on that guy for his bad disclosures. They're like, your disclosures are not in line with our policies. Like, we don't feel like getting in trouble because you wanted to be lazy in your video. I'm like, yeah, thanks, EA. Cool. All right, let me get to the video. Um, and then you don't do a proper disclosure. Then they're they're in there with you. They're paying you, and they have policies about disclosure that if not adhered to, both parties can get in hot water for that. So... 
Tom, sir, uh, what does luck do? Been trying as much as possible. Haven't seen a difference in drops. It's supposed to increase higher rarity drops. Uh, it's that's what it's supposed to do. So I notice a huge, huge difference. Uh, I noticed a huge, huge difference on my Colossus when he had a ton of, of luck in his drops. Uh, Rass again. How do you feel about Bioware's roadmap? A couple of YouTubers are saying the roadmap is too long and we should be getting Cataclysms a month out. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I don't understand. I, that, that doesn't surprise me that people are looking at a 90-day roadmap and saying something negative about it. Like... That's I, again. I feel like so much of the dialogue comes from an insistence on negativity. Uh, how much luck do I have on my Colossus? When I was grinding for Masterworks, all of my components had a luck had a luck uh, component on it. A minimum of like twenty five percent. The highest was like thirty five percent. So every component had luck on it. So I mean, it was a lot. It was a freaking lot. Um, but like, I just don't understand why you would look at that and say. This is too far out. This should be in the game right now. I, you'd have to make a definitive argument that there, there is, there is such a lack of content in this game that it should be in the game right now. MTAS said that. I mean, look, Mike's entitled to his opinion. I happen to think, and I'm basing this off of four years in Destiny. Okay. After four years in Destiny, I think a roadmap that's that drawn out and that and that uh, thoughtful, I think is significantly better than dumping tons of stuff in our lap and then later having less to give us again that's uh, that's my take as someone who played that is my take as someone who played destiny for four years i i think there's just way more to be gained by by trickle in games like these than putting everything out there immediately and then having way less to give us in the future. Because again, you have to consider something. The lion's share of the community is not MTash. The lion's share of the community is not me. So his criticism is rooted in a, in a, in a play rhythm that 99.9% of the community isn't touching. I just have a hard time believing most people are playing at the intervals that myself and MTash are playing at. I just, I don't, I don't, that's why I don't think it's a valid complaint. MTAS cheese the loot. Look, that too. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to start drama. I love. I love MTAS. I love Mike. But like, you cheese loot patterns to get loot faster than you were supposed to because you were trying to make YouTube videos. How can you then claim that the stuff's not happening fast enough? I am just now working on my storm, and I've probably played 50 or 60 hours, and I've just gotten to my storm. My ranger is masterwork. My colossus is masterwork. They're not maxed out. They're not done. They're not where I want them, but I'm like, that's high enough. Masterwork's pretty good. You know, let me wait until they really incentivize, you know, Grandmaster 1 and 2 before I really, really start grinding, and I'm just now getting to this point. He also said it wasn't a criticism. Well, I mean, people are saying that he said the stuff should have been in the game and could have, should have come out sooner. So I'm basing it off of people's quotations, right? If if you're going to cheese loot patterns, and I'm not speaking specifically about MTash anymore, anybody that cheese loot paths and loot patterns and did the storm ult cheese, you don't get to commentate about pacing because you took shortcuts. Any commentary about pacing from somebody who did exploits, their commentary about pacing is invalid. 
because they took shortcuts. You haven't experienced the pacing of the game as it's been designed. So if you're concerned about the nature of drip feed and things coming out and you took shortcuts, your criticism has no legs because you took shortcuts. And I don't know who did or who didn't or who's making criticisms and who's not. I'm using that as an all-encompassing statement. You, you do not get to skip significant portions of the grind and then say there's not enough grind or there's not enough loot pursuit or there's not enough end game or they should have put things in the roadmap in the launch title of the game. Like that's an enormous, enormous di- like difference in experience. I don't feel like I've run out of stuff to do because I've just played the game at its natural pace and I've just now gotten to my storm after probably 60 hours of gameplay. I'm just now working on my storm. I that's a lot that's a ton of gameplay man do you know how long it will take a casual player to get where I am 60 hours like if they play a couple hours a night and average even if they average 15 hours a a week that's a month that's a month maxing alts is not content completely disagree with you and you're wrong the abilities are different. The grind is different. The game feels different. It is content. That's the way these games play. It's a spiral staircase. You're basically disagreeing with a fundamental design theme in these types of games when you say that. Diablo, Borderlands, Destiny, all these games have within them pacing that is built around the assumption that you will play other games and grind those other players up in the difficulty spectrums and grind for those loots. I think Diablo 3 is a shooter. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Loot pursuit service games. Like, do you understand the genre that this game is? It being a shooter doesn't me- doesn't mess with the genre of the loot and the loot pursuit. Like... <laughs> That's like saying it's third person, so I can't compare it to Borderlands. That's ludicrous. Don't you think the difficulty to achieve endgame builds will cause the casual players that can only play 10 to 5 hours a week to lose motivations to not play as often? I don't know, Chevy, because I definitely think the fact that, like, I think Grandmaster 1 is accessible enough once you have the right amount of gear. And when I think you have the right amount of gear, Grandmaster 1 is when you really start to experience, um... That's when you really start to experience differences in the game. So when you can start getting abilities that heal you, that feed your alt a ton of damage, that recharge really fast if used properly, I think that's when you really start to sense differences in the game. So that, I mean, if if they need to consider that, like, and this is again, this is on Bioware. If they look at player behavior and they're like, we're losing a ton of people, they get to hard and they're kind of falling off because they don't feel like they can get enough stuff. They don't feel like they can kit themselves well enough to really enjoy the end game. Okay. Well, that's when they would need to make adjustments. They need to say, we need to make Grandmaster one, maybe a little bit more accessible. I'm not talking about casualifying the game. I'm talking about letting people enjoy the game as it's been designed to say there's loot to chase. We want to make sure you guys are getting loot to kind of give you those inroads because the real real end game for the cat the the hardcore player the real true end game is grandmaster two and three not grandmaster one grandmaster one's a stepping stone so nobody could necessarily complain about that if you're like well oh why are you making grandmaster one a little bit easier i happen to think it's not dude i'm not doing anything that complicated to get into grandmaster one and to get strong builds 
I don't know, they should have nerfed the drop rates. It is feeling like my storm has hit a significant wall, but I feel like they nerfed the drop rates because they want people to go into the strongholds. And listen, we talked about this before they did it. I said, they need to be careful. If you completely invalidate certain portions of the game, you're going to really frustrate the people that maybe not be able to go into a stronghold and maybe they struggle you know, to play at that level. You don't want to have free play and contracts feel like a, like a complete and utter waste of time. And that's always the worry, right? If the free play loop is super easy and no one's doing strongholds, that's a problem. If you make the, str- if you make the free play loot too sparse and too scarce, then you're going to make people that can't go into strongholds feel like, well, what the frick am I supposed to do? I can't get anything to drop. Stronghold drops aren't good either. I think they're fine. They're guaranteed. I come away from every stronghold with about three or more, uh, with anywhere from two to three, sometimes four masterworks. I think that's pretty good. You can run Tyrant Mine relatively quickly. Um, Dark Paladin says, that's why I said increase the number of drops depending on the content, not mess with drop rates. Right, so like, when they made strongholds more of a guarantee, maybe they could have just increased it, right? They could have said, "Look, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna increase strongholds drop rates in a very generic sense. You're just getting more loot, and when that happens, you're gonna start to see a real reason to pull away from free play. But free play is still a completely legitimate grind because ultimately, what you're grinding for are really, really good roles." So here's my pushback at people like, "No, no, no, you don't want masterworks to be too easy to get." Here's my argument, and I may need to do a whole video on this, okay? Masterworks are basically a a doorway into really fun builds. Now, track with me here. So, Masterworks are a doorway into really fun builds. That's when you really start to feel certain classes play differently, pace differently, etc. Okay? So, you can get into those fun builds. The... The, the good builds and the god builds, the differences between you and me will be not the fact that you got Masterworks and so do I, but that I'm able to put in so much more time than you. My build is synergistic. It's strong. My inscriptions are dumb. Like, they're really, really good rolls. It's like the difference between me putting in a ton of time going for a god roll gun in Destiny, and I have a god roll, you know, uh, I have a god roll warden's law and you don't you have a warden's law but your warden's law is not as good as mine because i put in tons and tons of time and increase my chances and i slowly but surely got to kind of pick over what i think is the best you know this is the best version of the warden's law right it's the same thing in this i don't have a problem with people getting masterworks relatively easy now something they could do and this might and this might take some more tweaking okay what if inscription percentages like for example, elemental damage increase. Thank you, Tech Play Game, for the Prime sub. You get a masterwork from free play, and it does, you know, a percentage. It does 75% to elemental damage. Well, what if what if masterworks that dropped in free play had a lower a lower chance of of really, really high inscriptions? And when I'm running a stronghold, an inscription drops, and it has a higher probability of being like 100 to 175 elemental damage. 
So we're we're all getting we're all getting masterworks. I have a higher probability of better and higher level inscriptions. I'm playing more than you. So just naturally, math is in my corner. I'm getting more than you and I'm having an increased chance. And then if you're like, "Well, I'm only playing free play." Well, you know what? You're getting drops and you're having fun builds, but once you get that fun build, you're really going to want to start to grind strongholds because your stat quality on a free play drop isn't going to have the chances of being as good as one in a stronghold now again keep in mind that doesn't mean you can't get a really good drop in free play but your chances are lower right games with stat quality grinds need plentiful drops right exactly so if you're getting a ton of masterwork drops from free play and i'm getting a ton of masterwork drops from from strongholds the difference there should be i'm probably getting a little bit better turnover rate i'm getting a little bit better turnover rate because I'm just getting more, I'm doing harder content, and the stat the stat ceiling is more often higher on the stronghold drops than the free play drops. They're going to have to go in and tweak that if they think that's a good idea. They're going to have to, right? Click the follow button was no brain. Well, thank you. Guys, if you're enjoying this content, by the way, I do these talks, these question and answers on a daily basis. Uh, the gameplay will go back to full screen when I'm done doing the question and answer. But if you're enjoying the conversation, click the follow button. That is a free and easy way to support my content and show up every day. Turn on those notifications. Uh, I do a talk, I pick a topic, and then we do a question and answer session. You're allowed to disagree with me. You're not allowed to insult me or anybody else here. We have lots of great disagreements, and this discussion today has been wonderful. I think that's how they need to handle drop rates i think i want to do an actual talk on that um i'm gonna do a marker there see if i can't remember this because i want to do a talk on how to handle drop rate changes because that does feel like a better solution than what we've got right now which is well this content's just not as rewarding as others so you're not getting any drops i worry about the more low level player feeling like well there's literally nothing for me here i can't you know i can't get anything um because that, I think, will affect them folding over into the harder content. Basser, do you think with the new DLC, some legendaries should tie to Grandmaster 2 and 3 because there's no point? Well, yeah, I've addressed this question numerous times today. To recap this question about Grandmaster 2 and 3, I believe one of the primary problems right now is that Grandmaster 2 and 3 have no apparent reason to grind. I don't think it's an enormous issue because I think most people aren't there yet. Most of the player base is barely touched Grandmaster 1 just because of the pacing required to get there. I think most people can't get there as fast as we're getting there. And that's just something that will be fixed with time. I believe it will be fixed with time. I don't think they're going to leave Grandmaster 2 and 3 unincentivized, but I don't think it's a front burner issue because it doesn't affect everyone in the player base like other bigger problems. Audio glitches, progression glitches, uh, load screen crashes, things like this. These things need to be addressed before they start looking at Grandmaster 2 and 3 incentives, uh, just in general, because I think the... Do, those those are uh, those are like a one percent of a one percent problem for folks right now, and I believe they'll get their they 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 have no choice but to fix those because why have the difficulties if there's no incentive? That's illogical. Luck Dragon. All the negative press has made it really tough to convince my friends to try this game. Do you think Anthem will be able to overcome initial negative press? Uh, bonus. How do I convince my friends to play? You know what's funny is Destiny One, Destiny Two and then Division 1, all of them climbed out of the gutter. All those games climbed out of the gutter. And the truth is, I believe Division 1, Destiny 1, 
and Destiny 2, all of those games in their in their in their vanilla state, I believe we're gonna go back to the tower because I'm full too, Milo. Thanks for saying. I believe all those games in their vanilla state were way worse and way more deserving of criticism than Anthem. Way worse. And if they can climb out of the gutter, then I think Anthem can. I think Anthem just got shot down before it started. It had a couple things working against it. Microtransaction misinformation that was pro- that, that that clickbaiters profiteered off of. It was just it was just false information, right? Second, second, the name BioWare really hurt the game's reception. If this game had any other company's name attached to it, I think people would have played the campaign. They would have been they would have been like, it doesn't have the depth of other single player games, but it's good. Dialogue's not bad. Voice acting's pretty good. It's not too bad. You can play it slow and do lots of side missions and there's lots of dialogue in the in the fort for you to interact with, you know, and on and on and down the line. I believe this game got very hurt by microtransaction misinformation and the name BioWare setting expectations, right? So we got a machine pistol that when suit health declines, weapon damage increases. We've gotten this before, and it's got an okay roll on it. Nothing nothing spectacular in the inscriptions. The legendary is another one of those. This is unfortunate. We don't need these. Force, harvest, bonus, ammo, and rifle damage. Um, not that great for that to be my legendary. These, these aren't helping me. So let's hope we can get some um, abilities in here, some uh, components with uh with luck on them because we we greatly need it right now we're not getting drops to help our storm at all uh dark pika how close is the relation between ea game changers and the game changers really uh and can you really stay objective when you have a relation to the publisher like ea the game changers seem to me a bit like an attempt of ea to get advertisement for their games rather than objective youtubers first of all no youtuber is objective i think i proved that very well in my negative review video even if you disagree with what i said it's very clear people went in with biases and expectations that shaded their entire experience okay I, I feel I proved that very, very handedly in my negative review talk. A lot of people were like, so what? Everyone can have their own opinion. And <clears throat> that was passive admittance that I made good points, right? <laughs> second, second, the relationship between me and EA, do you, do you want to know what it is? Do you know how much interaction I've had with them since the capture event? None. They haven't interacted with me at all. Other than I, I heard, oh, EA Game Changers, they sent us an email and said, you guys can get an Apex Legends uh, Founders Pack so you can show off some skins and stuff in the game. We're like, oh, okay, cool. So we went and got the Founders Pack. That's the only communication I've had from EA since the launch of Anthem. I've not been paid any money. I've not been given any instructions. I've not been told to stop being critical as I've been publicly critical on my Twitter feed, Twitch stream, and YouTube. I've had zero interaction with them. It, it's just, again, it's this giant, it's this giant myth and this giant sort of like character assassin, character assassination attempts. It's guilt by association. Well, EA did shady things in the past and you, you are an EA game changer. Therefore sell out shill liar and you're terrible and we, and, and you're not objective. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's just one of those things that. I've not even, and the the only people who have got sponsored work and had a direct line of communication with EA since launch have been the people who have done the sponsored videos. They have done the videos where they say, here's a guide on how to do whatever, 
right? Here's a guide on how to do this. Here's a guide on how to do that. Blah 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 blah. That's been that's been the 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 nature of the sponsored EA videos. Nobody has put out a sponsored video where they have said game is great, go get it, all hail EA, hail Hydra, you know, hail EA. You know, no one has put out I haven't even put out a review yet. I put out a video talking about the deficiencies of negative reviews. I didn't even say the game was good. I just said these reviews aren't good. They don't talk about the game. They compare it to other games. They they don't understand the combo system and the combat and then they ridicule it. They don't put enough time into the the, the, the story and they say the story's shallow. They they don't they don't even get into the end game loot pursuit and they say the loot pool's shallow. I, the reviews are bad. They're not good. Now that that's not all reviews, but the reviews I watched it was like you're not even you're not even engaging with the game. And that's not me saying the game is good, the game is perfect, go buy it. That's me saying your review doesn't even touch down on the actual game as it exists. You've created another version of the game that you think they should have made, and every criticism is against that backdrop. Every criticism. And I mean, look, listen, I don't want to beat the horse. I don't want to beat the dead horse. Skill Up literally titled his review, They Made the Wrong Game. If that doesn't tell you that the review is incredibly biased, he's like, this is the game they should have made, they didn't make it, therefore bad game. And it's just like, why are you the arbiter of the game they were supposed to make? You're allowed to not enjoy it, you're allowed to find it disappointing, but you get to dictate what what game they should have made? Well, for frick's sake, developers, make sure and consult skill up before you make your games, apparently. Gee, many frick. Like... And, but but I'm not objective because I got flown to a capture event? Like, what? As I laundry list problems every day and call for changes, updates, and and, 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 and things that need to be fixed in the game? But I'm enjoying it and, and, and saying that it has good quality points, so therefore I'm a sellout. Give me a freaking break. Dark Soul. Do you think if Anthem is not reaching sales forecast, EA will leave Bioware uh, to follow up this game? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I, you know, I don't remember who was playing with us. Um, it was Wicked Bob was with us. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was with us. It was Milo, Wicked Bob, and oh, Rare Killer. Uh, I, this is the, this is the kind of speculative nonsense that I don't like to get into. Um, because there's no way to know. Um, there's literally no way to know, right? There's no way to know what they're going to do if they're not hitting sales projections. Now, here's the thing. If this game doesn't do what they wanted it to do, I could see them making it significantly cheaper within, you know, three months. And then within six months, make it free. Now, that's only if they say, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really treading lightly here. I don't think they're going to make this a free-to-play game, but this is a lot of ifs, right? This is a lot of ifs. If they're not making enough money, but they are seeing that the addicted core is spending microtransactions, they may say, let's open the floodgates, get as many people in here as possible to get addicted to the loot grind. The annual pass has beefed up the game quite a bit. We've made a ton of quality of life improvements. Everything's running significantly smoother. Fill that funnel, get people addicted, because look, our data shows addicted people buy and spend money, right? Now, the reason I don't think they're going to do that, okay... 
the reason I don't think they're going to do that is because they're not going to go to free. Discounting the game is one thing. I don't think they're going to go free because buying the game creates a vested interest in like, I'm going to at least try to figure this game out. People don't have a sense of like, I need to play this game when it's free. They don't. They don't have a sense of, I need to keep playing. I need to really make sure and understand this game uh, because they've spent zero dollars. So I think free free is unlikely. A discount, sure. Again, because as things uh, as things sort of get unfolded in the annual pass, and the, like the trickle of content starts to come out, then people could start to say, I mean, the game's forty bucks, dude. Look how much they've added. They've they've made it run so much better. My sense, my friend says he's ha- saying, you know, having a fun time. I'm gonna check this game out. Because I really think this game, and this is why I told people I don't think they're going to be abrasive and manipulative with the microtransactions because you need an addicted and happy player base in order to make money. You're never going to sell micros to a frustrated player base. And this player base is largely going to depend upon hobbyist players putting in lots of time. Right? You know, it's already cheaper in Germany. You've said that 18 times. Like, let it go, bro. I, there's no way to confirm what you're saying. There's no way to know why it's cheaper in Germany. What you're saying is is not determinative of anything. The game literally just launched, bro, my dude. Like, it literally just launched. So, I don't know why Germany's having a sale. I don't know. It's not happening anywhere else. So, it's not deterministic of anything. Uh, Nil Nilus. Do you think the 90-day roadmap is far too long of a wait period for endgame content? There's endgame content in the game right now. You can you can grind Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3. Uh, you can get endgame loot called Legendaries. You can create Legendary and Masterwork uh, level builds that are endgame in design. Um, there's there's plenty of end game in the game right now. So your question has baked in it the assumption that there is no end game and there is end game. They're adding to the end game and extending the experience. So there are 3 strongholds. There is 4 javelins with a lot. I mean, I, people say the, the the loot the loot thing is shallow and they know they they literally know nothing when they say that. They've not gone in and made the three different... There's like three to four different builds you could do in the endgame per javelin. Three to four different endgame builds according to their abilities and what's synergistic and what's not. And people are like, oh, the endgame, the loot's shallow. Really? How many masterwork legendary javelins do you have? And when they're masterwork and they're legendary, did they limp there? Are they barely masterwork and legendary? Or is it like a synergistic build with abilities that make sense? Right? Do you know how many different builds you can come up with just like a Colossus, for example? I have one build that's Masterwork that's like strong, but it could be better. And I don't have, I don't have any of his other builds. He has range builds. He has close builds. He has builds that are all debt. He has builds that are synergistic and complementary with priming and debt. And that's just the Colossus. So when someone says the loot's, the loot's not really there and there's no end game, you, you, you're just parroting some YouTube video. 
there's plenty of endgame. There's plenty of things to do to make yourself as strong as possible to get ready for cataclysms or when there are a bunch of giants in the world, like being strong enough to actually fight them. Um, different builds, that's the end game. Sounds awesome. Right, and you sound you sound uninformed about how these games work. What do you think people do when they're grinding at the end game of Destiny? What do you think they're doing? They're chasing loot. What does that loot do? It gives them different builds and different ways to play. What do you think they're doing when they're grinding rifts and seasons in Diablo? What do you think they're doing? They're grinding for different loot and different builds. Like, do you even understand the games that you're criticizing? That's the problem. There's all these armchair critics that don't even understand what this game set out to be. Then don't play Destiny Has Raids, though? Really? So, raids, something you can do once a week per character, is, that's endgame. And that, so then what, Destiny has no endgame then, because it only has one raid per DLC? Like, you see how the argument falls apart? Like, it... Every game is like this. Like, I don't know. Like, I did that in Borderlands. I remember, I remember grinding for specific builds in Borderlands. I wanted a chaotic evil monk class, uh, a class, um, what are, what are they called? The class components, class item, a chaotic evil monk class item. And I wanted to roll a specific way. And then I wanted a specific roll on some other things. I wanted specific guns and specific things like, because that changed the way that I could play. I could, I could get money shot a money shot build on my gunzerker with the chaotic evil monk class like again you don't understand these games if you're like grinding alternate characters isn't content grinding for different builds isn't endgame content what the frick is endgame content then what games do you play what is it just limitless really hard missions that would what would be the purpose of those missions then and, uh, just imagine with me right now. Let's just do a thought experiment. Let's do a thought experiment. Instead of three strongholds, let's imagine they did two raids. Let's just two raids, right? Why run those raids? What's the point? What's the point? For the loot. Oh, okay. What's the loot for? For different bu- builds. Oh, I'm dumb. <laughs> like, do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what. That's what it's for. I, I went for a Fatebringer or a, or a Vex Mythoclast or a, 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 a Genesis Chain so I could have different builds. That's why. That's why I was running raids. You know? It just, that's what they are. It's just such an empty criticism. Like, when you play games like this, that's what you're doing. Like, people have this weird, idyllic version of, like, games like this where, like, I guess they should have a thousand different missions and a thousand different experiences where it's just, it's hard and it's tough, but it's also fun, and that's why you're playing? It's a loot pursuit, loot driven game by its very nature. If you're motivated by loot, that means you're motivated by alternate characters, alternate abilities, and alternate builds. Like, uh, trying to uh, trying to say starting a new character's end game is ignorant. No, it's not. You and you don't start a new character. So, I mean, talk about ignorant. You don't start new characters in this. You have a pilot and you have four javelins. And when you go to your second javelin, you are already basically at hard level. You're already at hard difficulty. 
You said yourself? No, I said alts. Try to keep up with the words that I use. I said alts. Alternate javelins. I didn't say alternate characters. If I did, it was a mistake. I didn't mean to say that. You're not creating alternate characters. Now, you do create alternate characters in Borderlands, and you work your way to the end game, right? You work your way to your multiple playthroughs. You do the same thing in Diablo. Again, you've got to talk about the games in their context. When you play Borderlands, it is a linear loop. It's linear, you play through the campaign, and then you loop through it again, right? You do play through one, then two, then play through 2.5. It is a linear loop, okay? Then there are games that are more about the, uh, it's more about the circular loop, okay? You do the campaign, and then you kind of leave that behind. And then you run this circle here. So Diablo's endgame riffs are that way. Diablo had that, right? They had the linear loop. You could replay it at different difficulties. But now they've got, like, the linear loops kind of left behind. And now you've just got this circular loop where you run the rifts. You, ch- you Like, the seasons bring those new things. And then you have the Paragon system as well, right? And then in this game, it's got a linear nature to it and a story. And then the end game is this spiral staircase that goes up. My javelin can now do hard, Grandmaster 1, Grandmaster 2, and I'm adjusting my builds as I go up. I'm going to switch to another javelin. I kind of start it hard, and I go up that spiral staircase with them. If you talk about this game in its context, you start to see it actually has a lot of endgame. But when you define endgame in your very narrow or shallow version of what you think endgame should be, then you're asking for a game that in many respects doesn't exist. Oh, well, Destiny has raids. Okay, as the song is just now saying, what you gonna do, what you gonna do, what you gonna do every week, that's it, just raids? Nothing else? One of the major criticisms of Destiny's endgame is that the endgame invalidates 80% of the game that you played. Right? You get to the raids and the nightfalls in Destiny, and now public events, public areas, strikes, daily story missions, none of that stuff matters. It's all invalidated. None of it's rewarding. None of it helps you. So you're like, all this vast world with six planets and lost sectors and adventures everywhere in Destiny, and every nook and cranny of that game gets invalidated once you're in the endgame. It doesn't matter. None of it is... It's all pointless. And in this game, every piece of the game, every piece of the game comes with you. You raise the difficulty. You do a contract. You do a legendary contract. You do a free play session. You do a stronghold. All of it comes with you. And guess what? When they start adding other Grandmaster abilities, which they're toying with, when they add other missions and things to do, when they let you replay the story missions at your difficulty, they're doing just that. They're bringing the game right along with you. You have this extended, broad endgame. And people are like, there's no endgame. I'm like... I don't understand. Again, you have to talk about the game in its context. When I look at Destiny and I look at this game, I'm never going to turn around and be like, well, Destiny doesn't have an endgame because its endgame is not like Anthem. That's silly. Destiny got its endgame structure and they, and, they, and they have it structured very differently. And they're allowed within their context and within their game design to have a very, very different endgame structure. And you have to allow them to do that. Now, what do I do whenever I critique Destiny? I critique Destiny within that game. I say, the Ada bounties are really, really good. The other NPCs and loot pools should be repurposed to extend and stretch out the relevancy of the loot, the relevancy of the endgame, and the relevancy of the planets and the activities so that they actually mean something and matter. 
right? I'm looking at the existing game and frameworks and I'm stretching it and saying this should be right, th- this should be better and this should be this should be more unique. That's not true about Destiny and I. You still have powerful rewards from doing those activities. That is 100% true. Listen to what I said, Project. When you get into the end, when you're at max level and you get into the end, none of the milestones matter. You don't need any of that crap. It's, when I hit max level in Destiny within two to three weeks, milestones mean nothing to me. Milestones are a mechanism for leveling, not a mechanism for rewarding you. The the aid of bounties, nightfall specific rewards, and the loot pools in Gambit, Crucible, and the and the raids. That's it. That's your that's your end game. Milestones are not end game. They're a mechanism for leveling, and once you're leveled, they don't matter anymore. They're irrelevant to you. That's it. Like it and I understand what you're thinking. You're like, well, I don't level as fast as you. Like I don't level I, I I'm still doing milestones. Cool, but you're not in the end game then. Endgame is when you arrive, you're like, I am done with leveling, I am now chasing loot, I am now chasing builds, that's what endgame traditionally is in these, like, when you get max level in Borderlands and you're chasing the perfect role on the Dupa, the double penetrating unkept herald, when you get max level in Destiny and you're chasing raid gear, or you're close to max level and you're chasing raid gear, you're not really worried about milestones anymore. Don't you see, like, when people say this game has no end game, and like, well, it has no raids, and I'm just like, I, th- th- this, this, that's a different game. It's a different style of end game. So, and same will be said for Division Two, right? Division Two is gonna have world tiers, sets, kits, challenges, things that you're doing, and once you're sort of done with, with, with. Basically, in Division Two, once you have all of your your specialists and your your what's it called uh, base of operations is is max, and you kind of have all the abilities you want, then you're grinding for what? You're grinding for those gear sets. You're you're min maxing. You're you're min maxing your character. And and if anybody looks at Division with the same judgment they've looked at this game, they're gonna have to conclude that the Division doesn't have an end game either because you're just chasing different loot and you're just starting. Oh, you just you're just chasing a different specialization. Now you're going for the grenade launcher guy instead of the sniper guy. That's not content, and it's just like that's like li- literally that's like literally the way they've structured the game's end game. That's how it works. So. Uh, Legion 20. How do you feel about Masterwork Legendary drop rates? The accidental drop buff on Friday made the game feel a lot more fun and engaging given that the good rolls are going to be so rare. Yeah, they're going to need to dial it back. I think they were too punishing. Um, I do agree with the idea that they shouldn't be... um, You basically shouldn't be... You shouldn't be dumping loot in our lap, but they also shouldn't be going the other direction and basically saying, hey, uh, this stuff here, yeah, you you weren't supposed to gain this stuff, so now you're going to have to work like twice as hard to get the drop rates you were getting. It's always rough when people misfire on drop rates because what ends up happening is people get accustomed to the drop rates. And as you're saying, as you're saying, rightfully so, now it's kind of like, well, man, we were really enjoying those drop rates, and you and you and you took them away. And since you took them away, now people feel like the game's not rewarding enough. There's always a danger, I think, with drop rates when you have to tweak them. Personally, I think, as I said earlier, um, masterworks are a doorway into fun builds, and since they're a doorway into fun builds, 
they shouldn't be that that hard to get legendaries are the true grind and god roll inscriptions are the true grind getting like a really good roll on your masterwork that's the true grind that's the true loot chase and that's where i feel like they've kind of erred on the wrong side of caution and i would call on them to tweak things back it's like you guys really are going to make people not want to play if they feel like they just they can't get even a single piece of gear to like push them over you know loot should be accessible god rolled inscription should be the grind portion as we said before we've already visited this question i believe the inscriptions so when your elemental damage buff can be you know, anywhere from 50% to like 175%, the likelihood of it being in the upwards of like 1, 125, 150, 175, the likelihood of any inscription going above 100% should be higher in a stronghold. The likelihood of inscriptions being lower than 100% should be more common in the public space and in free play. Why? Well, you get your masterwork, you get to enjoy a good build, but you don't have a great piece of masterwork gear, you know? So... Uh, Intrepidus says, do you think the main issue people have with EA Game Changers is EA's past microtransaction issues? So they think EA has made EA Game Changers program as damage control or that they were not given the opportunity. Thanks for the great content. Keep up the good work. All right. Here's the thing. Um, I mean, this soapbox is getting a lot of, is getting a lot of work today, but when your primary anger over microtransactions has been, has been quelched by facts I'm I'm sorry for you uh, let me shed some tears that all your misguided anger now has nothing to sink its teeth in to so you sink your teeth into EA game changers because that's your existence on the internet is to follow the mob and clickbait youtubers misled you and manipulated you and stirred you and others up into a fit of manufactured controversy and anger, right? But then you run into with open arms into the same people that misled you and spoon-fed you misinformation and clickbait so they could get a bunch of clicks on their YouTube channels spreading lies about the microtransactions, right? But then the game lands and the microtransactions are fine. It's completely blown out of proportion. And there's they're, they're, they're not even that bad at all. In fact, if anything... There's not that much to buy right now, right? They seem to be almost missing. Like, they're not overwhelming the game with microtransactions, right? Well, now what are you going to get mad about? Well, you know, I can't get uh, I can't get clickbaited into getting angry about uh, misinformation, outdated information, and falsehood. So what'll I do? Oh, I know. Since I get mad about things that aren't true, I'll get mad at EA Game Changers for being paid to make reviews and positive videos, because that's not true, but I don't care about what's true. I just like to get angry. Being angry makes me feel powerful, and feeling powerful is a form of dopamine addiction on the internet. That's why mob mentality and social justice activision on Twitter is rampant these days. People have their careers and lives ruined because, well, you know, lack of information, that's not a reason for slowing down and stopping and thinking. Let's just rip people to shreds and call them shills, sellouts, and liars because, well, we need something to make us feel good and that makes us feel good, you know? And so that's essentially what's going on. You can't sit here and blame EA's history on people being douchebags on the internet, right? You you don't get to do that. You don't. 
You don't get to be like, well, EA has a history of problems with microtransactions. Oh, really? Look, all earnable, only cosmetics. Look at the pricing structure and the earn rate. It's it's actually totally fine. Oh, well, I can't be mad about that. So I'll, I'll get mad about something else that's not true. Like, what? I don't know. My question for these people is, my question for these people is, what's it like to waste your emotion on nothing? What's that like? You wasted your emotion, your tweets, your rants, your criticisms of streamers and Anthem. You wasted all of your energy and emotion on nothing. It wasn't real. It was an illusion, right? It was all false and fake. And you're doing the same thing. You're spending emotion, energy, anger. You're ridiculing people you don't even know. And it's all based on nothing. It's not true. You're you're like the person that believes there's somebody in their house and they're not there. You're like the little kid scared at night of the boogeyman who's not there. You're wasting emotion on stuff that isn't there. It's not true. You tell me you're doing the same thing, wasting emotion on those people? No, I'm not. Setting the record straight, defending my peers, standing up for what's right and true is completely good and justified, right? These are things that people have done. These are things that people have said, and I'm laying waste to it. If you don't like that, go the frick somewhere else. I'm not going to stand by why my myself and peers and video games in the industry gets ripped to shreds by mindless drones on the internet who follow every clickbait piece of misinformation they can find. No, I'll smack you around every day of the week if I feel like it, if that's what you're doing, because it's not right. You don't get to treat people and talk to people the way people have the past couple of days, right? Fine unfollow. Cool. You won't be missed. I have a list of people that we missed that were here and um, and enjoyed, you know, spreading uh, misinformation. I, I misplaced the list because there isn't one. Sorry, I actually don't have a list of people that we care about that have left that don't like having the record set straight. So I, I I'll add you to that figmented list that doesn't exist. Um, so next question, Ice Cold, is it true that EA gave classes and/or helped content creators with better ways to make videos and/or content as a game changer? I don't know. I don't know if they went to MTash and said, we want, we want people to make a video about builds for the, for, for the Colossus, right? We want people to make builds for the Colossus. If they said, here are the builds we want you to do the video on, I, that's them helping them to make good builds. Do you see what you're doing? You're passively asserting a negative that what's the problem with that of course they probably said these are the builds we want to see showcased that's the way stuff like that works if they pay you to make a video and they're like yeah could you do a video it's a it's a tutorial guide on on uh some builds for the for the colossus and you're like yeah sure and you just kind of do what your favorite build is or what you think is best they might be like well no we really wanted you to highlight this build over here because we think this build is really good it's accessible it's fun blah 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 like that again is the way stuff like that works. You can't spin that into a negative. They they helped content creators with better ways to make videos. See what it, did you see? It's just like flip the telescope around, man. You're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. Like that's just the way they do those types of videos. 
there was probably literally like an outline of things they wanted to make sure were covered because they literally are paying for the content we want the video this is what we'd like to have covered this is what we'd like to you know see in the video thank you boom make sure and disclose it is sponsored Uh, it's just it's that simple JD Gamer, what do you think uh, EA can do to have gear weapon changes to the game that will change the grind with loot? Well, personally, what I think they're going to do is, admittedly, the amount of abilities you can equip is limited, but to the the same degree, uh, to the same degree that, like, Titanfall 1, when Titanfall 1 launched... One of the original criticisms of Titanfall was there wasn't enough guns in Titanfall. People wanted it to be like Battlefield or Call of Duty where there's like 35 guns and everyone uses five of them. Well, Respawn said, what's the freaking point in making a bunch of fodder trash weapons that no one uses? Let's give everybody good weapons that lean into different playstyles. And Titanfall subsequently was one of the most balanced, most pristine PvP experiences to ever come out, right? So, in a similar fashion, I believe that BioWare has limited, smartly limited, how many abilities can be equipped per class, and those abilities then lean into different playstyles. So there's multiple different ways to play the the Colossus with respect to range, and when, you know, if you would like to do this ability, like, I'll give you an example. Lightning Coil and Flamethrower is a common build, but then I'm using a shock coil which is very different than lightning coil because it's not passive and you got to get a lot closer i'm using shock coil and some detonator that heals me so my build of shock coil with the ability that heals me is a hundred percent different than leading with flamethrower and then using the lightning coil to debt like the way i play the way i engage the way that i move when i push when i don't push oh and i couple it with the the elemental gun that i'm using in here the the elemental rage gun i couple it with that too to buff my build so there's all this synergy in my colossus build that's a hundred percent different than like somebody else's build now the reason they're doing that it's very similar to titanfall saying here's a small amount of guns that each of them leads to certain play styles and it helps us balance the game now once this is in place for a long enough period of time bioware can say okay now let's add more abilities let's let's allow the storm to do this let's allow the colossus to do this let's allow the ranger to do this and when they add those other abilities that's essentially what they do in diablo right there's a rift there's like new sets and new things you can get new combinations new play styles that emerge and when they do that they also get to introduce uh they also get to introduce new areas and new enemies and new fights and then you get to completely change the way you play like i've said before i could i genuinely could picture them changing the melee of each class to suddenly the colossus has a sword that primes instead of debts and then you, you do similar things with the other classes. You change, uh, you change their entire build structure by changing the abilities they can use, their alts, etc. That's where I think things are headed. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, the nature of each build is falling into probably three to four builds, and then after that, it's just a lot of whatever you think's best for as far as guns that are synergistic. Well, once you have three or four builds for your Storm, your Colossus, your Ranger, like, etc. Once you get to that point, 
then I think that's when you're going to start to look to the future content. But again, you've got to think, do you know how long it's going to take people to get there? Now, that only that only works as a content loop if you understand it. Like, once you catch a glimpse for how different your playstyles can be because you're getting different abilities, that motivates you to stay in the chase. And while you're in the chase, you're using that cool playstyle that you discovered. Like, I love playing as my Colossus. Like, I genuinely have a fun time. As Skillup said in his review, I think he's right. If they can nail a 30-second content loop that's really satisfactory, you can play it for hours. Destiny has been that way for me. Man, how do you play Destiny hours on end? Nothing's changed. The, the style, right? The style of combat in Destiny has just always been very satisfying for me. I can just play it for hours, right? I can pop heads, you know? I can shoot, I can shoot and do my supers and different things for hours in Destiny. Why? Well, they nailed the content loop. It's just, it's satisfying. It's just, there's something fun about it. And that, I think, is... If you can catch that vision, I just don't think people are catching that vision. I think they're getting caught up on the story. Story in this game, ultimately, is a, is an ethos-setting thing that you leave behind. And people that expected the story to be anything other than that, like, obviously didn't weren't buying a service loot pursuit game. They were wanting to buy, like, a, a, a Mass Effect light game. And that's just not the game they set out to, uh, to, to build, you know? That's why I say, criticize the game within its genre and its context. Don't create some other version of the game that it should have been and then judge it against that, because I feel that's where a lot of the, that's where a lot of the criticisms have come from. Thank you, uh, Ginger Magician. I appreciate that. And again, guys, if you're here and you're enjoying the show, thank you so much for being here and doing the Q&A. It gets saucy. I get passionate. That's part of the entertainment. If you like the style of content and the back and forth and the radio show style, uh, I do this pretty much every day. We do go full screen with the content and the, and, the, and the game volume comes back on when I'm not doing this, but this is something I do on the daily to give you something fun to interact with. Uh, and if you're enjoying the content, please click the follow button. The follow button is the easiest way uh, to support what I do and not miss my streams. You can even turn on the uh, you can even turn on the notifications. That way you're here for these. I appreciate it very, very much. Um, I appreciate the massive support and turnout every day for this game. I, I do think there's a community of people that want to enjoy it and talk about it, and more so than I expected, honestly, after the negative press, I think there's a good core community already saying that they enjoy the game and want to play it. Um, no, I do not do vocal exercises. I've just kind of built up my voice and I know how to speak over long periods of time without losing my voice. It's just the nature uh, of practice. The first couple times I did long Q&A sessions, it did really hurt um, and it was difficult. How do you get to the backpack screen? You just go to the map screen. It's just the map. You just hit the button for map and then go over to tracked and your backpack's down here. Sorry. On the fly question for somebody in chat. Nate Walls. Uh... As an EA game changer for Anthem, do you have additional responsibilities or opportunities now that the game is launched or only pre-launch related? If they reach out to me, if they reach out to me, right, then um, then I, that they could ask me and pitch me, but I don't have to. Like, they can't come to me and say, you must do this. That's not a thing, and that's not how it works. Now, they may come and say, hey, we're really asking all EA game changers to be sure to send out a tweet about this patch because it's fixed a number of issues but they haven't done that I I could see them doing that just to make sure that we get the word out that like hey there's changes and fixes I think just naturally people playing the game will will be talking about that anyway right 
So they've not come to me and said, I need to do anything. They've not said, you need to make this many videos. You need to make this many this. You need to say this. You need to say that. That's not something that's, that it's there for. EA Game Changers is literally a hub that I can go to and I can see quote unquote opportunities. Okay? Opportunities. And those opportunities vary from uh, capture events where you go and you go to the event and record footage and then you can... Now this is, this is for all EA games, right? I would never do this, but if they had like a capture game for one of their capture event for one of their sports games, I could sign up to go for it. Now they might not pay for me to do it because they might be like, you don't really fit the bill. They don't have to approve me, by the way, for every capture event that I apply to get into. They may look at my identity in the grand scheme of things and be like, well, you're not really a fit for our sports games. And I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Right? That's just an example. Uh, I got, like I said, I got an Apex Legends skin pack. It was a Founders skin pack. And that was just a way for me, if I wanted to, right? Think about it. It's symbiotic. Okay? Think about it from this, this perspective. It's just symbiotic. I go and get the skin pack, and then what do I do? I could make a video or a tweet and say, guys, check out this awesome this awesome Apex Legends skin pack you can get, and then that gives me relevancy and clicks, and all I have to say is, thank you EA Game Changers for the Founders skin pack. What does that do? Promotes their game, promotes the cosmetics, and it gives me relevancy. Like, it's a symbiotic relationship. I don't even have to say, go spend money or go get it. I'm literally just showcasing it. So we're both benefiting from it. Like, I benefited from going to the capture event. I got footage. I got to see the game before it came out. I got to have dialogue. I was in the directory before the game launched. And I was I was very, very, like, in tune with the game's, uh, the game's pluses and minuses and, and, and what made it fun, right? And that gave me content. That gave me relevancy. What did it do for them? I was talking about their game. It was, it was, it was PR. It was basically PR for their game. Now people think, and they see that like, you're just a PR agent for Anthem. You're just a shill. Okay. You know that PR doesn't necessarily mean all good, right? I said plenty of things about the game that needed fixed address and that I felt like fell short and things I wanted to see them work on before launch. Then the game launched and I had very, very similar dialogue on my content. I had very, very similar dialogue on my content. So again, me me keeping the game in front of you and talking about it isn't happening because I'm being paid. And it's not happening because I am an EA game changer. It's happening for a couple of reasons. I love to play games like this, right? I, I do. I genuinely love to play games like this. I grew up and started really getting in, in love with games like I played Diablo 1, I played Diablo 2 and 3, I played all the Borderlands games, I played Crimson Alliance with my wife. That's a dungeon crawler like loot chase game. I played that with my wife. I love loot pursuit games. I love them. I played Defiance, okay, with my friends all the time. Fell in love with Destiny. So when this game was promoted and I saw it coming out, I was like, dude, that looks like a really fun game. That looks like something I would really, really enjoy. And I I can't stream a game I'm not enjoying. And I'll always and I can always defend myself and I can always defend my integrity by going back to Monster Hunter World. I stream Monster Hunter World to great metrics. I streamed streamed Monster Hunter World to a growth in followers and a growth in subs. And I didn't enjoy Monster Hunter World, so I put it down. If thi- I just really, I just want you guys to think with me right now, okay? I want you to think with me. Do you know how much more content I could make 
how much more clicks I could get, how much more money I could make by dogging on this game. You guys know me. You've seen my content. You've seen me go in on Destiny. I went on Destiny 2 for months because <clears throat> it was it was very lackluster, right? I could, and I'd be getting more clicks on my YouTube, by the way. I'd be getting way more clicks. I'd be getting way more money on my YouTube. I'd probably be doubling my clicks on all my videos, okay? And I could sit here at the top of the directory and probably get higher viewership because people would be like, yo, this guy's dogging Anthem. Go check it out, man. He's really giving it to him. Like, drama sells. It does. Like, hate, negativity, it, it's, it's, got a, it's got a lot of power. Okay. And again, I, I, I don't, I, I just didn't do that with Monhun. I could have made money and tried to like, quote unquote, fake it playing Monhun. And I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I, I cannot play Monhun and have a good time. And I, I wouldn't be able to play this game if I wasn't having a good time. You wouldn't be building a community. Sure. Sam B. And, and that's just, but again, if I truly didn't like this game, it would be very, very easy for me to be cranking out negative content and I'd be making just as much money. People that are like, well, you're making money by being positive. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Look at the like ratio on my video, my negative reviews video. It's split down the middle. It's just a matter of which choir you feel like preaching to, right? I'm, I'm talking to people right now that enjoy the game. I'm talking to people right now that mostly want to want to want to like hear hear a, an un, an unhate laden you know viewpoint. But there's plenty of people that come in all throughout the day that would clap me on the back and sing my praises if I was in here trashing the game. So. I don't know. I've always liked games like this, dude. I just get in the loop and I'm chasing and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this item. Oh, sweet. I'm going to go with this build. Like, I just, I don't know. I've always been able to play that way. I played Borderlands so many times on, on all the different characters. Axon and, and and Salvador and the Siren were like my three favorite in Borderlands 2. Uh, I don't know. I've always been that way. I loved Diablo 2. One of my favorite things to do in Diablo 2 was to start a new character. You know, especially my favorite time ever in Diablo 2 was probably my sixth playthrough, probably, roughly. I'm making an approximation. My fifth or sixth playthrough, all right? I looked up a build online for the Druid. It was a Fisher build. Fissure or Fisher, however you say it, the thing where you open up the floor and all the lava comes out. It was an ability that I had never touched before. Do you want to know why I like the druid? I'm an animal lover, and I thought it was dope to summon grizzly bears and carrion vines and wolves. And then all of a sudden, my eyes were open. I was like, wait, there's a whole other way to play? You know, there's a whole other way to play the druid? Oh my gosh. And I played through it, and the whole game felt differently. That really was was a formative time for me as a gamer, that was very formative. That like really informed what I enjoy, what I like doing. So I can get into a lane that a lot of people don't understand. I can do it in Destiny, Destiny 2. I can do it in this game. I get in a lane and I'm like, give me, right, give me the best loot. Give me the best stuff. I'm going to craft the build. I'm going to play differently. And I have fun the whole time. I'm not, like faking it. I can't, I'm telling you, I could have done that in Monhun. There's a variety of ways to play Monhun. There's all kind of different builds and weapons and styles of play, and I couldn't do it. Why? 
I was bored. I was bored. If you hear my kids in the background, sorry about that. They're like screaming about something. I was bored. So, uh, I'm going to take this next question from NDK in just a second. Uh, we got another Radiant Fortress. Um, I don't really care about that weapon. Uh, we, I don't need guns. I don't need guns. Uh, hovering increases weapon damage by 200%. Well, that is one that I wanted to get. It's called the Avenging Herald. Hmm, interesting. It's spelled differently, but it makes me think of the Unkept Herald from Borderlands. Um, now, it dropped with 100% ammo, 11% speed on LB, marksman rifle damage, blech, and a harvest bonus. So we may, we may, we may give that a crack. We may take a crack at it. We'll have to check our attunements, uh, I'm sorry, our mod components through here. Um, and we'll see if we can't get any more luck because the shotgun, I mean, I just, I highly doubt that's better than one that I already have because the roll's not very good on it. MDK Dragon says, Co-Carnage got his integrity question as well during his stream, despite him not being a game changer. Do you think it's because people like Co and you don't use hyperbole and doomsday language when talking about this game or is it something else? It's just internet tribalism at its best, right? I think I already have uh, an integrity augment for luck, but we'll we'll take it back just in case. It's just internet tribalism, dude. If listen, internet tribalism is everywhere. It's not just in gaming. Spend five minutes on Facebook and you will probably see what I mean. It's probably why a lot of you here don't use Facebook anymore if you're like me. You can't take it. Everything is tribalistic. Politics, how you educate your kids, the diet you feed your kids, uh ideas about school ideas about everything everything is tribalistic on Facebook you are either with me and agree with me or you are the enemy and I'm going to I'm going to hurl insults at you I mean people get tribalistic about basically everything people get tribalistic about sports teams they get tribalistic about every layer of their life and the reason they do is it's subtle but it happens a lot of the times without people knowing it okay at a ground level things that are important to you you will defend you will defend your family you will defend your friends you will defend the things that you value your character your integrity that's why i got so fired up today seeing myself and other people accused of things that aren't true okay now what happens is if that thing becomes so important to you that it blinds you to the fact that other people may think differently about it, it's so important to you and it matters so much. It, it, it makes you feel like you have so much value that you think anybody that doesn't like it, it's attached to you at that point. They're insulting your value. Oh, I don't like Warframe. Warframe people that love Warframe and they attach it to themselves are like, oh, I love Warframe and you're like, I don't like it. They're like, well, there must be something wrong with you. Or people are just dumb. They like dumb games like Destiny. And they get tribalistic. That's why even somebody like Ko, who's not a game changer, can be like, I'm having a good time. I'm making the boom booms. I'm getting the loot loots and the shoot shoots. And I'm having a fun time. Like the average gamer, I think, could pick this game up. And again, as long as you get past the problems, the load times, the glitches, and the bugs, they're not, you can't defend those. Those need to be gotten, those need to be handled immediately because people can't even play the game. But once you get past those, it's a fun game. If you don't like it, that's fine, but that's the problem is people take on this attitude of like, well, if I don't like it, nobody else should. I mean, we've been dealing with this. How long have we dealt with this 
in in destiny we've dealt with this for a really long time people just cannot take the fact that they feel like destiny one was a flop destiny two is a flop and it's irredeemable and anybody who likes it is a is an idiot and doesn't know what they're talking about and you know is oh you're just a blah 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 whatever you know whatever words they want to use um and so i think in a very general sense internet tribalism was born on the on the battlefield of facebook and politics and it's now infected well basically everything everything that you try to have a discussion about people just get tribalistic and at each other's throats and a lot of it is because we're getting really deep right now (laughs) a lot of this is because you've been groomed to be a consumer and you're a better consumer when you're loyal when you have brand loyalty you're a better consumer you're a better uh, you're a better voter. <laughs> you're a better voter when you're tribalistic and you're and you have brand loyalty. And what that does is it breeds this idea that anyone who thinks different from you is is evil, is terrible. They're a threat to you. There's all these just baked in assumptions that people have that that drive them to being very very tribalistic about stuff that you're like, I don't understand. Like think about it like this. I, there's been plenty of games I've downloaded and played and I'm like, this game is so bad but I've never made a bunch of videos, I've never gone into channels I've never tried to find people enjoying that thing to be like, hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm a self-appointed evangelist because of, of, of hate on this game. I've appointed myself and uh, a hater of this game and as a way of making sure that everybody thinks the way that I think I'm here to tell you how wrong you are and how stupid you are and how terrible this game is it just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre behavior. It truly is. As far as human behavior goes, it doesn't make much sense. But that's kind of the world we live in. There's a lot of factors that have gone into this mentality, this way of thinking. And it's just one of those things where every content creator, every public figure, you just kind of have to put up with that to a certain point, right? It just It's just the nature of it. It's people get this way with consoles like who cares if you play on xbox or ps4 but look at the way that people talk to each other you know they just insult each other and all this stuff because of the console they play on because i have people that comment on my channel they're like a guy who plays pc and uses a controller why would i ever listen to this guy like okay what see it's like weird uh bellrin i personally am interested in playing this alongside division 2 as a looter shooter uh on a base level, I formed an opinion. I like, uh, but I'd like to ask you how you feel this game is and will be in, let's say, two months. I don't care for the angered ones. I'm honestly curious to hear your thoughts. Um, I would say that in a couple of months, the my question is always pacing, right? When people were like, microtransactions, bleh, I was like, okay, pricing doesn't matter. If consumers are willing to spend the money, who cares? The earn rate of the coin is what matters. How quickly can I earn coin to buy those items? Or am I going to feel completely strained and, and like starved of coins so I have to buy, right? That was always my question. What's the earn rate? So when I look at the next couple of months and I look at the stuff coming out, I'm like, pacing. What's pacing going to be like? How long are these things going to last? How good is the loot pursuit going to be? Are there going to be unique armor sets? Are there going to be unique builds that emerge on the battlefield, etc. And and the reason I think these things matter is because that's the real true question. The real true question is not 
like what's the status of the game going to be the question is how like how much how much can you get out of each piece that they add how long is it going to take before you're sort of like oh i'm i'm kind of done or i'm kind of bored pacing is everything in these games that's why i think drip feed is so important because people are like why not just give me everything all at once well, again, it, it, it comes down to pacing. If, if, they, if they don't pace you, if they don't kind of let things, you know, kind of drip feed out and, and, you're, and you're hitting everything. And again, YouTube and Twitch have kind of changed the game because there are people who will vicariously experience the game for, through a streamer. And they're like, well, Lono's played 60 to 70 hours and he's already got three characters. You know, he's already got two characters at masterwork level. That's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but 50 to 60 hours is a ton of time, right? Like, you, you're seeing it like a, a small slice. You're like, well, he, he's basically done, so I'm not as interested. And that's why pacing... That's why pacing is important, because you. I think you do have to kind of slow down the 1% a little bit, but you also have to make sure that you're not slowing down the 1% in a way that kills the bottom 99. Do you understand? I'm going to give you an example. What they did right now with the Masterwork drop rate, I believe, is an overreaction. And what it's doing is it's starving the 99 to slow down the 1%. And it's a mistake, okay? So instead of saying, oh, we just dropped drop rates, blah, 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 and you're starving the 99 to slow down the 1%, that's not a good pivot. That's not a good decision. What? But, but I think drip feed is a good decision, there's a difference between being withholding and saying, yeah, that content's not out yet, that experience isn't out yet, that's going to come rhythmically, that's going to come weekly, that's going to come monthly, whatever, right? There's a big difference between that and saying, oh, um, yeah, everything's going to take a long, long time to get. If you can see drip feed in another category and not the same as just like slowing people down arbitrarily, like, oh, drop, drop rate's bad... I don't think drip re- feed hurts the 99%. It slows down the one. It keeps us from hitting the ceiling and staying there and being like, well, I have nothing to do. You gave me every inch of your content right away. Right? It slows us down, but not in a way that is damaging to the experience of the 99. I, I hope that makes sense. And in, in, I hope I made that clear why I think the two are very different. And why I think it's okay to do one and not the other. I do not know how to get into this cave. Um, I think I have to fly around. Estimated profit. I've been enjoying Anthem partly due to the fact that uh, I'm old and I don't get into the drama and past failures of game devs. Oh, right here. Um, I have positive outlook when it comes to this game getting better. Can you give some reasons why you agree or disagree with this outlook? I'm enjoying it is for what it is. Uh, King Reaper, thank you for 14 months. I missed I missed some subs, guys. Um, a boot gifted a sub to Bellrend. Uh, Renton did a 28 month sub, and Paddywhack with a sub. Quick and Deadly with three months of subs. Um, guys, I'm sorry. I missed a lot of subs. I'm sorry. It got pretty saucy, and I miss subs when I do that. Uh, here's the thing. When I look at Destiny, Destiny has proven something. And so has Division. And so has... Whoa! Uh, So has Division. They have proven that games can dramatically improve with time. Okay? 
So let, and No Man's Sky too. No Man's Sky as well has proven that games can improve with time. Okay, so let's accept that as our as our premise. That's our premise for what we're about to talk about. Games can improve with time, and I think even the most even the most negative person kind of has to accept that. They kind of have to accept that games games can improve with time. Okay, now games can improve with time. The question would be. Well, how long is that going to take? Okay. So, when I look at Destiny's pattern for improvement and quality of life and patches and updates, thank you for the Prime sub, please. And then I look at how fast Anthem has been improved. I'm given a lot of confidence. They've w- within within 5 days of the early launch of the of the of the early access launch, they made changes to the pacing of the story, they made changes to the javelins, they fixed bugs. You know, within a, within 5 days of of the of the early access launch, okay? So when I look at that like I'm not being a shill and an apologist. I'm like we know games can improve. I think the core game is actually good. I think the main thing that was frustrating people are bugs and the bugs have been fixed to a certain degree, most of the major bugs have been fixed. There's still some, right? There's still some, and I think those need to be fixed before anything else. That's that that's like that's your primary your primary motivation should be fixing the bugs and the glitches. But to me that gives me a lot of confidence. And then I look at the roadmap and I'm like, okay, not only do I know that they can fix like glitches and bugs and problems in their content, but I also know that they have content delivery planned as well. And that, to me, is just, I don't know, that's exciting. I think that's a good, good thing. I think that's a, that, that again, is proof that they hope, they hope and want the game to last for a long time. They have an interest that I think is running parallel to mine. They want the game to be good, and they want the game to have, you know, dope stuff. Uh, Borquin. Uh, what does EA Game Changer Privileges include uh, if you're able to disclose this? I've already disclosed this. I get codes and I get early access to stuff and I will be given opportunities to go to capture events. That's it. I'm not I'm I'm not given money to, to make videos and if I am it will say sponsored in the title and in the description. I haven't done a single sponsored segment or video for Anthem. Not a stream, not a video. Even my videos from the capture event were not sponsored but I had to put the EA Game Changers watermark and thank them because that was in accordance with their disclosure policies whenever I get access to uh, the content that I got access to. So I've not done a single sponsored segment so I've already covered this at great at great length. Uh, Merkzo, I have been actively aggressive toward people who are misinformed and are not inherent, uh, who are misinformed, who are misinformed, are not inherently wrong or bad people. Not everyone has time to learn, uh, what is true. There can be a way to engage in this conversation that's both informative and inviting conversation to those naive people that join in. Right, but you have to understand something. I don't have time, I don't have time to, like, put on kid gloves when I'm dealing with ignorant misinformed people who are calling the character and the integrity of every content creator who's a game changer into question I don't, I don't have time to, to, to put on kid gloves for that crap so when I'm talking about that and that's the context that I'm talking about you need to understand that I do not have my sights set on somebody who saw an article or a YouTube and they're like oh man did you guys hear this thing about Anthem dude I did not know they were doing that and then they find out later like oh that's not true so when I go on my little tirades, I'm not talking about, you know, 
Johnny who saw something in his Twitter feed that misinformed him and he didn't realize that it wasn't true if he formulates an opinion on about it that's unfortunate but like I don't have him in mind I have in mind the people that are going on the attack and on the offensive and are like oh well I've got a bunch of you know unproven assertions and gossip and rumors about EA game changers so I'm gonna flood your Twitter feed YouTube channel and Twitch chat with a bunch of crap like it's clear who I had in mind when I was saying those things like I I'm never going to put on kid gloves to deal with these these people because they don't deserve it, right? They set the tone. They're the ones who set the tone, so they get the tongue lashing. If if you saw a couple of videos about micros and you're like, "Man, I can't believe they're going to do a $20 this and the coin and that and blah blah blah," and you formed an opinion, and then the game launches and you're like, "Well, all that was wrong. I was misinformed." I'm not talking about that type of person. There is a there is a pretty easily discernible chasm of difference between someone who's misinformed and someone who's misinformed and being a douchebag. Like, I think there's a big, big difference between the two. And I think there's way more people going on the offensive and being really, really nasty in comments and stuff as compared to the people that are like, well, I'm sorry. I saw a video and thought it was true. Like, I, I think that th- there's way more people going out into the streets and want blood than there are that don't. Uh, Dex, Dexu says, do you feel, uh, do you, does the end game feel fulfilling? I've already addressed this a lot. I think chasing different loadouts and abilities is fun. I just gave a little speech a little bit ago about Diablo 2 and playing a druid and how it, that was very formulaic. And that was very formative. I'm sorry, not formulaic. That was very formative in me as a gamer. And that's why I like that I like that style of game. And I like this style of game. I'm chasing different loadouts and builds and I'm having a good time doing it. Merkso, how much of the story were you allowed to see pre-release? I'm disappointed so far. Pre-release, I got to see none of the story. We played like uh we played the tutorial and then we could go into free play. Oh, I have this gun I need to try out, this hover gun. Um, we could go into like free play and then we did strongholds and stuff we weren't allowed to go into like heart of rage uh, we weren't allowed to do uh, we weren't allowed to do quite a bit actually there was a lot of things that we just we weren't allowed to touch uh, because it was it was, there was too many spoilers um, like they said if we went into heart of rage they would come turn our computer off <laughs> they were like you're not allowed to go into heart of rage um, so it's just one of the things where uh they I don't think they wanted us to experience too much of the story they wanted us to just sort of play get a feel for combos go into free play kill stuff um I think I think we were doing I think we were doing side missions like contracts I honestly can't remember most of what we were doing we did the tyrant mine um day one when I was leveling up I don't really think I was leveling up by playing through the story if I was playing through the story it was gutted because I saw no cutscenes and dialogue uh, when I played through the story on stream with you guys that was the first I'd ever seen uh, that was the first I'd ever seen it I, I hadn't seen any of those cutscenes other than like from the trailers and stuff um, hovering with that gun makes it really strong uh, Trip Hazard, I have tried getting in touch with the devs over social media about the 100% CPU and GPU issue people have been having. I have a GTX 1080 and an i7-6700 and can only play Anthem on the lowest settings. EA help, have no idea what the issue is. If you have any contact uh, with any of the devs, could you ask them if this is being resolved? 
I thought, okay, so 100% GPU usage is normal. Don't let that panic you. I thought that was abnormal, and then I, I opened up Task Manager when I played Destiny, when I played Assassin's Creed, when I played virtually any game. All of them took the, the GPU way up. That's what your GPU is supposed to use, right? Um, you're literally using you know the GPU to do as much as it can to give you the best performance. And as long as it's staying cool, you're not hurting your GPU at all. Being at 100% is not a bad thing, right? Now, the 100% CPU usage... I thought there was an issue that you could do something with Origin to prevent that from happening. Like, you could go into, like, app settings or something, or maybe that was the hard drive use. There was something you could do in Origin. It's basically, I think it's like Origin trying to do something while you're in Anthem. You could try and right-click the game um, and say you don't want, you know, Origin to be active when you're in the game. You could try that. That's an old fix. Didn't work for me. Um, yeah, if, if, if there are things like that that's not working, I unfortunately don't have a solution. Uh, it says leave your origin in application settings in the background. You put origin in its application settings menu, apparently is what people are saying to do. So you could try that to see if it fixes it. Um, go to the application settings and leave that running. It works for me. So if you're having the CPU issue, people are basically saying in chat that you can get that to potentially, it's not a sure, it's not like a surefire thing. It could potentially go away if you leave it in application settings. Um, higher settings has lower CPU usage for some reason, says Milo. Yeah, I don't, that's weird. Uh, Nelly Neal, Anthem has numerous, in my opinion, obvious flaws, but it's missing a lot of critical stuff. There are many bugs. Why do you think things are the way they are despite long development time? I just think games like this, as I showed with both Division 1 Vanilla, Destiny 1 Vanilla, Destiny 2 Vanilla, um, and even No Man's Sky, games that attempt to do this broad, hobbyist, you know, service style, I just think they struggle. When you look at Witcher 3, when you look at God of War and Spider-Man, those single-player games, I just, there, I think there is an execution simplicity that allows those games to come out and they don't feel rushed, they feel ready. And more than likely, what some of these games are going to have to start doing is, number one, figuring out smoother development cycles so they can make more in less time. That's not easy. Sometimes that requires like new technology that might not be even be out yet, right? Like maybe using the Frostbite engine was part of their woes. Like we know Bungie using an old, you know, using an old engine with Tiger has been one of their woes. It's been one of their problems. It's it's made it difficult for them to make stuff very quickly. Now, the other reason that I think this stuff happens, right, is whenever whenever you're dealing with a game that has been very expensive to make and you've got a lot of people working on it there is quite naturally a a time frame of revenue like motivation it's like the game has to be it has to launch you know crap or get off the pot would be the expression you know fish or cut bait like you they're just you get to a point where it's like the game has to come out it has to come out you can't you can't just leave it, it games can cook for too long people can lose interest you know and i think there's a variety of things that led to this game feeling like it wasn't complete at launch um 
if they could have like look at the rate at which they're fixing it if they could have just done like two to three months of qa testing with like internal capture events you know private testing and things like that look at what they're just doing in a matter of weeks think of what they could have done with like a month or two of testing and for uh, again launch schedules and things like that get determined and set by a variety of factors so there's just a lot of things that went into it lord uh satan or lord satin how do you think anthem would be for someone who is primarily a solo player i think it's going to be great until you get to grandmaster 2 if you're really patient and you really get a strong build i think you could probably be fine in grandmaster 1 uh, as long as you kind of pay attention to what your team's doing and you have a strong build the other thing to consider is you've got to try and talk to people and team up with people if you're going to do the harder you know tough end game content um you know you're going str- to i think you're going to struggle uh but i also think that you have to play the game in its context. Like, if you're going to try and play it solo and never talk to anybody, never add anybody to your friends list, then you have to admit you're limiting yourself. And there's not a problem with that, but you can't turn on the game and say it's bad or it sucks because you're trying to play it as it's not been designed. Um, yeah, I mean, Crackdown 3 cooked for too long. They had they had so many, so many promises and ideas about what Crackdown 3 was going to do with respect to like harnessing the power of 11, you know, 11, whatever it was, 11 Xboxes. And it was in development for so long. And then it comes out and they basically threw it in with, they threw it in with, did you guys go in here? No, you didn't. Okay. We can go in here. I don't, I don't, we don't have to. I was just trying to follow Milo. I thought he was coming here. Um, you know, and now you got a game that they threw in with their their game pass and nobody cares about it, you know. Uh Photos 17. Hey Lono, really enjoying the content. I heard on a stream that Colossus has a component that you can shoot your alt more than 3 times. Is it true? Uh yes, I have it and you have to land a multi-kill and you get enough energy to when it's all said and done take 4 shots. But again, you have to get a multi-kill. So you're kind of, you're using one of the shots to get a multi-kill, and then you use your three shots to just get like a big damage kill. So you're kind of throwing a shot away in the hopes of getting it back. Because ordinarily, you don't use his ult for, for like mob killing. That's not really what you use his ult for. It's just, it's more, his, his ult just seems more focused on single target damage, but so uh what javelin you like the most the colossus lono i know they had their titan event this weekend but i feel that finding events and moving around the map hurt it more than it helped do you think they need to add more event on the map um yeah i definitely think they could they could do something that's a little bit more informative about like where stuff is happening um i don't know i i I definitely think that there's a the, the, the map just lacks intuitiveness and so what we do when we go on free play sessions I basically don't do anything within any intentionality because you kinda can't uh, <laughs> you kinda can't as soon as soon as you start trying to have intentionality with the map I mean you're, you're gonna have a really really hard time um, because it's just really really difficult to navigate it's difficult to to f- again we just hop from pub event to pub event so if you're if you're trying to do like if you're trying to do the the tracking of the giant event and you can't find them 
they they could add something I think that maybe helps you out a little bit on the map. The other thing was that outlaw event. That outlaw event didn't even seem like an event to me. Turning all of the pubs into uh, turning all the pubs into outlaw events just didn't feel like it changed much. It felt like we were going to be chasing an actual mini boss that I don't know if he ever came out. It seemed like we were going to be chasing like a named guy. He, you know, here's this guy. He can show up. Everything's an outlaw public event. He has a chance to show up at some of the public events. And it just seemed like it was like never really seemed like it was worth the time. Uh, tops 14. Is there a system in place preventing the new level 30 players from random pug queuing Grandmaster 2 and 3? Yeah, don't do quick play. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Anthem suffered the same fate as tossing the EA Origin Access. No, it didn't suffer the same fate because EA Origin Access is something they do with all their games, dude. That's not something that they decided to do like they did with Crackdown. Crackdown was shoved into Free Pass, and I don't understand why. Uh, because Free Pass is Game Pass just seems like it should, you know, have games that have been out a lot longer. Um, they did the same thing with Sea of Thieves. Like, I think they knew Sea of Thieves was going to be kind of thin. Um, and it, it didn't, it didn't go that well. All of EA's games are thrown into their EA, their EA structure with access and origin access. That's not something that's new. Game Pass saves Sea of Thieves? Yeah, probably, honestly. It just kept a lot of people in there because they had Game Pass. Anthem isn't in EA Access, though. It's only Origin Premiere. Right, that's another important point to make. Anthem's not in the vault, guys. Anthem's not in the vault. Like, Game Pass, you just get all of Sea of Thieves. You just get all of Crackdown 3. EA Access and Origin Access gave you a 10-hour trial. Origin Premiere is a premium subscription service that gives you access to Anthem. It's not the same. It's not even a fair comparison as well. It's a completely different monthly fee subscription style than Game Pass. Uh, Tibulator. Do you think uh, they'll add stats to armor and make drops for them? I enjoy looting for new armor like in Destiny, and Anthem is strictly cosmetic. I'm fine with it being strictly cosmetic because it draws a clear line in the sand of this is a microtransaction, this is not. This is something you can earn, uh, and this is something you can earn. This is something that affects gameplay, and this is something that does not affect gameplay. You know? Your mod components, as Milo's saying in chat, are basically your armor perks. That's essentially how it works. Button Mantra says, Do you have any problems with downloading Anthem? My download stuck at 43% and the issue seems to have happened to result probably Optimus DirectX files from EA Origin. Uh, you end up having to get a refund. Right. I am baffled how they haven't fixed this yet. That is not a problem with Anthem. That is a problem with Origin. Okay? There's a simple fix. The exact same thing happened to me with Apex Legends. So it's not because of Anthem. Okay? It's really stupid how you have to fix it. You have to basically go into uh, the the install file and delete or move all of the cab the DirectX installer cab files and then try again. It's really dumb and to an extent it's embarrassing it hasn't been fixed yet. Like you should never be failing to install a game cuz the installer kind of craps on itself like it doesn't even make any sense 
like the error message is, is, is nonsensical too it's like what do you mean you failed to install DirectX you're the one who put the cab files in there to begin with um so it's pretty irritating uh, that that's still happening. I I had it happen to me with Apex Legends. It's an it's an it's an Origin thing. Origin has like a bad version of DirectX cabs or something. I don't know. I don't. I genuinely don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it seems it seems like something that would have already been fixed. This was happening during the demo, by the way. I was having this issue during the demo. And then it happened. Now it's happened in both Apex Legends and it's happening to people in Anthem. And that's basically the workaround is to go and like delete the cab files that they put there uh, when it goes to install and then it fixes it. So. Uh, Ionic Dreams. I've been watching people play and review Anthem uh, as an RPG. Um that have never really played an RPG before and saying it's bad. Um, I feel like I got a legendary in there, but I guess not. I guess I, like, those greens are really tripping me out. I swear they changed the color of the greens. I swear they did. Uh, and it's saying it's bad. Do you believe Twitch and YouTube streamers are the problem because these people play all day and I don't understand why everyone thinks what they have to say matters? Well, I mean, come on. Streamers and YouTubers are a great way for you to get exposed to the game. If I'm a huge Destiny fan and they come out with Destiny DLC or content, or I'm a huge fan of these types of games, you can tune in and watch me play and get a really good indication of whether or not the game's going to be worth your time. If you're like, I like the same games that this guy over here plays, and I feel like he gives good perspective on these games, you're going to have, you're going to listen to what they say. Now, if you're like, oh, you know, these people playing aren't really familiar with RPGs, I mean... Skill Up and Angry Joe are familiar with RPGs and they didn't like the game. I think they didn't like the game for a variety of other reasons that, you know, to me, don't necessarily land on the actual game itself. It lands on expectations um, that they had because of the name Bioware. Uh, So. And. It's totally fine and valid for them to not enjoy the game. Everyone has, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But if your opinion, but if your opinion's primarily shaped by bad expectations, you're kind of stacking the deck. You know, if I, if I, if I go into a card game and I'm like, I better see more spades and hearts than diamonds and clubs. I'm basically setting myself up to not to to be disappointed. Why? Because that's not the nature of the deck of cards. The deck of cards has all four evenly distributed, right? So I'm approaching a deck of cards and I'm stacking the deck. I'm basically stacking the deck and saying, well, it's not exactly how the phrase stacking the deck works. So this metaphor is kind of falling apart. But you see what I'm saying? You're approaching it and saying, I better get this. And it doesn't have that within itself. It just doesn't. I better get dialogue trees that are similar to Mass Effect. The game didn't set out to do that you didn't get that so you're disappointed and then your disappointment leads you to say the story is bad and the dialogue is bland I just I can't stress that enough that so much of what went into this game's bad press was misinformation about microtransactions and then once they couldn't rail against the microtransactions they got all their clickbait from that falsehood then they jumped to 
well, it's a Bioware game, so it ain't Mass Effect, therefore it's lackluster, bland, and boring, and then we're not even going to grind for Masterwork builds and try different builds and try different endgame loot. We're just going to say loot's bland and boring and the abilities stink and... You know, they don't feel that influential and they don't really engage with how the end game loot and the builds and the abilities actually play out for somebody who's grinding the game. So, um, uh, Gritter14 says, do you agree that the casual gamer or work and lurker will have endless things to do? Could it be, uh... Could it be that some people dislike Anthem because they burn through the content extremely quickly? Uh, I'm actually enjoying Anthem on PS4. I find that there's a lot of content uh, and they only experience one glitch. It wasn't that bad either. I was saying this the other day. People need to remember that like the lion's share of the gaming community doesn't know who I am, doesn't know who Angry Joe or SkillUp is. They're going to buy the game, and if the game runs well and they're having fun, they won't freaking care what you have to say. Like They don't exist in this... They don't exist in this ethos. They don't live where we live. They don't watch Twitch. They don't let, you know, some reviewer, you know, taint their impression of the game. They for they just they boot it up and play. That's why the glitches and bugs are like ground level problems. That's why I say I'm like it doesn't really matter that like Grandmaster 2 in the grand scheme of things it matters, but right now it doesn't matter that Grandmaster 2 and 3 are lacking loot incentive cuz the average person booting up and playing is just like Dude, what are you talking about? Like I I I barely done any any strongholds on hard and you're talking about Grandmaster 2 and 3 like what in the actual frick? Um and so that I think is going to play a huge part is that's I think one of the reasons that even though Destiny felt really bad at launch, Destiny 1 and 2 I think the reason they just managed to survive and have a reservoir of players is because the game itself can just be booted up and played very casually and very easily. Now they needed Forsaken because they lost is that a legendary? They lost their 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 core. Yes it was they lost their um they lost their hobbyist core, and I think that was damaging to the game, and that's why they had to do Forsaken. Forsaken was like a love letter to the hobbyist for Destiny, and in this game, I don't think we're there yet where we can conclude that like the hobbyist is being ignored and it's too casual, but I do think as long as the bugs and glitches aren't there, I would wager to say a ton of people are going to boot up this game and love feeling like Iron Man. Like, my nephews saw one clip, and they were like, I want to play that game, you know? That looks dope, dude. Flying around and getting in big fights with giant animals and, you know, monkey-looking things. Like, I think that... I think a lot of people are going to live in that space. And that means you can have a successful game without satisfying the hardcore YouTubers and Twitch streamers. You can set, you can have a successful Loot Pursuit game without making me happy. Like, I'm happy, but you can... I think this game could do fine even without players like me in there. Um... But I think you need us to carry carry the core forward because um, you need people kind of in the mix, like pushing things and spreading that idea that like, oh, look at this guy's build. Look at this guy's javelin. Look at this guy's that. I really want to do what he's doing. Um, I think that's part of that's part of the longevity. So hobbyist players, just like in Destiny, are definitely a part of the success in the core. Uh, explicit shots. How do you feel about Anthem not having a stat spreadsheet? Uh, this has been addressed. We all want it, and they said they're looking into doing it. It definitely, we definitely need a stat, a stat page. Uh, Evil the Waffler. Any thoughts on Storm? I leveled up to 400 and struggled to stay alive. 
Uh, Storm's a very different style of play. I definitely had to adjust, uh, especially in a stronghold. Uh, some of it could be the health glitch. Like, I don't feel like I'm my health is properly showing, but it could be that I just need to get some masterworks. Um, I definitely think that he's he's challenging if you're used to the ranger and the colossus i can't really get in the mix with him i've almost got to like stay up top and prime stay up top and prime um even now i feel at grandmaster one i feel my combos are super weak like that just didn't feel like a great combo um but again isn't that that's probably how i should feel because i'm not I'm not running around with masterwork gear, so it should take me a little bit longer to kill that guy. Yo, 15 months from top. Thank you very much, man. But again, he's kind of the mage in the sky. You got to play him that way or you're going to get shot a lot. Button Mantra. Do you have a time scale for when you will be producing the official review? Um, your official review of Anthem. Just asking as your review will change to a degree each time bugs are addressed and the quality of life yeah I mean it's difficult I think that's one of the hard things about reviewing a game like this is you'll review the game Pink Floyd thank you for your prime sub you'll review the game and I address the tomb thing and the very next day they're like yeah we're addre- the tomb thing's already addressed we already pushed out an update the tomb mission's fixed and I'm like well frick my video hasn't even hit YouTube yet um and you guys have adjusted this you know um and so I my review I think will happen this week at some point and that was one of the reasons I made sure to play it on a traditional Xbox One. Uh, Wolfhow Games. Do you think going forward EA and other companies will just release games without hype similar to Apex to avoid the mob mentality and lose good consumer-friendly programs like Game Changers? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you're describing Game Changers as being consumer-friendly. I mean, I, nothing that we're doing is necessarily friendly to the consumer, but it certainly puts the game in hands early to get you exposure early on. Um... But Fallout 4 is a game that I think, if you look at Apex Legends and Fallout 4, I think you have two examples of shorter marketing or no marketing at all strategies that can work very, very well. Fallout 4 was buggy and glitchy and had issues, but because we waited a whopping, like, what, three months for it, I think people were a a lot more forgiving of its issues and its problems and I think that Anthem's biggest downfall was it was promoted way too early I mean dude I went back to my E3 reaction videos from 2017 2017 and I mean that that was a long time ago we went, we went almost two full years of looking forward to this. And I mean, there may, there was even rumors, I think, going into E3 about some game called Anthem that was coming out. And that's a problem. I, if we would have been, it, listen, if we would have waited for this game the length of time we waited for Fallout, would it have been as criticized? I have a feeling that no, it wouldn't have. I still think you would have had the guys that like were are angry that they didn't get like a Bioware uh, level level story. But I don't know. I feel like people would be a lot more forgiving. I, I think bugs and glitches, people are way more understanding when they didn't wait. You know, now people might do research and be like, well, dude, the game was in development for six years. They still might say like, why... Why does this game have bugs and problems? Um, 
but I don't know. I, I yeah, Fallout 76 is another example of like, man, that that game was promoted really early on, and it just it it launched in a shambles. I would say Fallout 76 launched way worse than Anthem. Uh, and if and if anything, I think Fallout 76 had more demons like demonstrative, like you could demonstrate and show and put on display how um how inaccurate their marketing was. When you go back and watch like what Todd Howard said about the game in that presser at E3, it just it was not it was not in line with the end game product at all. Uh, that happened with Watch Dogs. That happened with Division One, right? You just you promote the game so early. Um, Fallout Six was announced only a few months before release. Was it? Did they announce Seventy Six in the same in the same year? Oh, they did. You're right. I, I, again, yeah. I guess people weren't forgiving of it because I think it was in just worse shape than Fallout 4 like Fallout 4 had its problems but I feel like Fallout 4 functioned as a game I thought they promoted Fallout 76 like a year and a half before it launched it was only 6 months okay well I mean it had it had a lot of foundational problems more so than probably this game um I don't know it's definitely it's definitely another black eye in the industry of like, wow, what a great franchise and dang, you know, it just didn't deliver this huge long-standing franchise with a with a huge black eye. I feel like that's kind of what Anthem is for some people. I think people look to Anthem as like uh, it's supposed to be sort of a continuation of Mass Effect style games and since it's not I think for some people it's it's like a black eye to the degree that like Fallout 76 is a black eye in the Fallout franchise next question Arpenine what is the point of me having uncommon rare embers in this game can I combine them uh, they're gonna have to do something with that it's a currency that dies really fast for a player that's you know grinding pretty at a pretty good clip um cause it's like I, I use all my purple ones cause I just I don't see a need for them every time I'm gonna go out on a mission I use my purple ones to build um epic level uh, consumables cause again it's just like what's what, I don't understand what's the point uh, what am I gonna use these for they could have purpose later on it could be again one of those things where Maybe they do a currency conversion thing or something. Because presently, yeah, I don't know. They don't seem to have, they don't seem to have any purpose. Uh, do you feel that the only problem, uh, say to YouTube journalists, oh, hang on. Do you feel that part of the problem is the state of YouTube j- or journalism in itself? We talk about how the industry is so focused on investors, but isn't there some to blame when we put... Uh, isn't there some to blame to be put on the people sensationalizing it all for views and revenue? I watch a lot of these Anthem reviews and there are 8 plus ads on them. Sometimes uh, it is insane. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think that... Okay, hang on, you're full. Let me go grab this purple and then we can go. I don't necessarily know if I want to act like people that are putting a bunch of ads on their videos are intentionally doing that and they're part of the problem like they're sensationalizing it i think it's just part and parcel to what they do people want to hear what they have to think they're disappointed here's the video i put i put a bunch of time into this video i'm gonna monetize it so 
it's one of those things where I think YouTube can be journalism, Ed, Ed, because I think journalism is just a matter of fact-checking and delivering accurate information, but I think there's almost no true journalism on YouTube because there's no standard, there's no accountability, right? So, you can literally create a video full of misinformation and then get a bunch of clicks and then there's no, you don't have to do a retraction, you don't have to do anything, um, you just, you just pump the video out, get a bunch of clicks and then move on. Uh, I've not seen this gun. Death from above. While hovering, increases weak point damage by 65%. So that's a marksman rifle that gets the same as that sniper I've been using. Um, that's pretty cool. And I got a legendary uh, ignites a target on a hit streak. This is the Rallner's Blaze. I really want a legendary. I was hoping when I saw that 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 was a legendary version of the Elemental Rage. Uh, that's one that I've really been enjoying. But the masterwork component will be very, very helpful. Mythological figure. From my perspective, EA Game Changer reviews are mostly positive and non-EA Game Changer reviews are mostly negative. This includes the positive and negative balance in the review and the overall conclusion of the review. How do you explain the difference without accusing people of being shills or clickbait hustlers? Well, okay, here's the thing you have to remember. The types of people that they targeted... Do you know how many people they targeted for the EA Game Changers for, uh, for this game that played Destiny? Or, or games like it. I mean, the Destiny community, literally, we had an entire row to ourselves at the capture event. I was sitting with Fallout Plays. Next to me was Datto. Next to Datto was uh, Mtash, then Snackless, then Nkooch, then Rick Kakis. Like, we're the types of players that like these sorts of games. So to a certain extent, you have a biased sampling right there. You, you have people that they know are going to get hooked. Not only that, listen, let's call a spade a spade. We make content with, the, with these games, right? We make content with these games. So we look at a game like this and we're like, wow, I could make, I could stream this for a long time and have a lot of fun. There is a, there's an interwoven nature to the way that we enjoy games now. And that can't be divorced. It can only be stated. And, and we try, I try to own it, right? I try to tell people, I'm like, I like these kind of games and think about it because I like these kind of games. I gravitated towards destiny. I started my career streaming career with borderlands for crying out loud. I was streaming a bunch of borderlands. So naturally when I stream a bunch of destiny and grow a community around destiny, that is part and parcel to the content I create and the enjoyment that I have. That doesn't mean I'm a sellout or a shill. Like, well, you like games like this because you can make money. Again, you're looking at it upside down, I think. It's like, no, I've built a channel around games like this because I can play a game like Destiny or Borderlands for hours at a time and have fun, and there's a magnetism to that. People are attracted to that. They want to hang out on a channel of somebody who's enjoying themselves and having a conversation about the same game that they enjoy. That's essentially the 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 foundation of a community is oh you like this too that's literally the birthplace of community oh you like this band too oh you like this movie too this game too that's the beginning of friendship which is that which is the the birth the birthplace of community and so sure they targeted a bunch of people that they probably knew were going to enjoy their game they didn't target a but do you think they're going to target somebody like skill up they're like, oh, skill ups blacklisted. Bleh, bleh, bleh. No, I, listen, someone like him that has like this high, high 
expectation for like every level of the game being excellent and amazing doesn't jive with a service-based loot-based game because they are going to naturally have elements that are more watered down and diluted i just if you think about oh there's not enough diversity of the activities Diablo, Path of Exile like these are games where there's not a ton of diversity in the activities because it's a loot based game Division for crying out loud right so you have to know someone's going to come at a game like this with a predisposition to shredding it when they say well this is what I want, this is what I want out of games this is what I like and they're going to be like right, uh, that's not the game we built so uh, you're you're probably not going to like our game I mean, think about it. I got invited to Game Changers by somebody that was watching my stream and I was consistently, consistently on my stream saying things about the game that gave me pause. I, I, it looks like it's going to be a niche game. It looks like it's going to be kind of like Monhunt. It looks like it's going to it's it's going to be, you know, clunky. It looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, these are my concerns before going to the capture event. You know, what's the loot? What's the content loop going to feel like? Is it going to be fun? You know, it, what's what's uh, what's the longevity look like? Is it going to is it going to have a good drip feed? I played Destiny for four years, so when you think about it, there is a correlation between people being a game changer and enjoying the game because they targeted people that they feel were going to like it. Just like I said earlier, they're not going to say, Hey, Lono, would you like to come to our capture event for FIFA? That's a complete and utter waste of time because I don't play games like FIFA. So that I'm going to review FIFA and probably sound like a moron, you know? Uh, Football for life. Thank you for the prime sub. Zine Gamer, thank you for the brand new sub. I appreciate it. And guys, Q&A is getting longer and longer. Some of that's because today I got a little wordy and a little ranty. So I appreciate everybody hanging out for a very long Q&A session today. If you've been enjoying this talk and this content, be sure to click the follow button. I do these pretty much daily. uh, And you can basically uh, make sure you don't miss out on the content as long as you're following the channel. I don't ask for subs or, or bits or anything like that. Um... Loot bait games will with little diversity is just prepping certain players for what's to come. Gotcha base exploitation you'll see in a few years. I think that you're wrong. I think there is far too much public viewing of the video games. There's far too many public figures who play the games and the actual gamers must become hobbyists in order for micros to work so you're wrong because people need to become a hobbyist and games like this don't work if there's not good substance you know not good substance if you're on my friends list i will send invites we've lost two people so just say something in chat if you're on my friends list uh bailey sanders what is this luck you're talking about there's a luck set on mod components that increases the rare the drop rate of higher rarity items evil the waffler love your content will you do a build video for each javelin i'm considering doing some build videos but uh not right now um, you're staying. Yeah, so I've got Milo. I've got two slots, though. I've got two slots, though. Uh, Dagama says, Would you agree when you load screens are in a game as much of a hassle like GTA V, it becomes a problem? I wasted a lot of time in free play mode because of endless loading. Uh, I'm not saying Anthem has GTA amount of loading, though, but so far I've seen crazy load times for people. You just watch me, uh, you just watch me play a bunch of free play and not hit a single load screen until it was time to go back to the fort. 
So if you're just moving around in free play, unless you're constantly insisting on going into the cave systems, you shouldn't be getting a lot of load screens in free play. There are no load screens in free play. You can go from one corner of the map to the next just doing public event, public event, public event, public event, and then you never, you never, there are no, there are no load screens. It's not like a thing. So... We don't need people to come with us. It just makes it go a lot smoother when we're going from public events and I have people with us. So um, if you're not able to play right now, that's totally fine. I'm just going to keep answering questions for the time being. Fluxic, do you think the current system of inscriptions needs to be fully revamped? Gear uh, that comes with stats that aren't remotely beneficial to the character? I've addressed this before. Bad rolls are needed. They're needed. If if you get rid of any any inscription that's bad, right? If you get rid of any inscription that's bad, then you've got good rolls and you've got god rolls. The spectrum is really small. That's boring. Do you want to know why that's boring? Your good roll is marginally different than the god roll that I have, thus killing incentive. You're just... Like, that just kills incentive. It's like, well, I don't... I don't know. Like, why would he even want to go for a god roll? I have, a, I have a decent roll right here. The difference between a decent roll and a god roll is teeny tiny if you get rid of potentially bad rolls. And someone says there's a difference between good rolls and useless rolls. You have to understand something. The when you get when you get the masterwork item, it's a strong item that raises your level and does more power and has an extra ability that it didn't previously have. So again, I just think it's a false, it's just totally false to be like, well, it's useless. No, it's not. It raises your gear power and it has, it has a really strong ability tied to it, whether it heals you or, 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 or not. Like if it heals you, then that ability is an added benefit to you. Uh, I just added a bunch of people. So I don't know if people are in chat wanting to come with me. DJ May, if you're, if you're, if you're on my friends list, I'm going to do a search for DJ and see if you show up. You are. Invite to game. There we go. Ashes of uh, Azir says, Do you think a squad of five or six would work in this game in the Cataclysms? No. I think there's way too much going on to optimize. Too many effects, too many combos going off. It would really struggle. This engine struggles with everything you can do with a group of four. Um, Leviathan. Lono, what is the exact role for game changers? And why would someone like me, not a content creator, be a game changer if a game changer is to better the game with feedback? Or is my thinking wrong? I've already explained what game changers are. It's a hub of content creators that can be invited to uh, to capture events. They can tap us on the shoulder for sponsored videos. Or they can get us things like the, the... Apex Legends like skin pack that I got just as a way to it's symbiotic I get stuff that I can make vids about and then they get their stuff promoted I don't get paid anything unless it's a specific sponsored video and that is stipulated at the beginning and end of the video um let me invite Skullman here before I go to the next question uh invites game Next question. Bogey, do you think uh, a stat screen will help? We've talked about this one. Yep, stat screen's needed, and they're looking into it. Mackle, is there any plan to upgrade weapons and gear? I kind of feel cheated by getting DLC bonus legendary gear, but it's all level 18. That was pre-order bonuses, and you don't want stuff like that to be too dominant because you want to have loot incentive, and your loot incentive evaporates very quickly. If you have... um, I'll give you an example. I had these pre-order pieces of gear... In Assassin's Creed, uh, cancel launch, hang on. 
Uh, I had these pre-order bonuses in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Origins. And the gear was so strong that I was basically able to use it for basically ever. Everything that dropped was not interesting to me. I could just keep using it and leveling it up and keep using it and leveling up. So, uh, you don't want to have like a pre-order bonus like the Legion of Dawn weapons just kind of carry over for forever. And you get those back when you start grinding anyway. Um, so, it's not meant to be a long-lasting benefit. Uh, what is the real end game here? What is the real purpose? I've answered this question uh, numerous times, but Enviro, I want to read your whole question here. Other than satisfactory, what's the real uh, grind? What's the real purpose to grind loot other than satisfactory loot? I'm the type of person that needs a desire for the weapon or piece of armor that makes the real end game come to life. I don't really see that this is in the game. Maybe I'm misinformed and need to get more uh, info on the game. Just wanted your thoughts. Right. So basically, the way I see the end game right now is we're in preparation mode. We are in preparation mode. And. Diablo does something similar like when it when it when a rift shows up and there's a season you're grinding for all the new loot getting all the new stronger stuff and you're just kind of in the you're in the gameplay loop of Diablo right and in this game we're doing that right now we're in the gameplay loop of getting the best stuff and getting the best builds now the reason that you're doing that is there are cataclysms there's raid there's raid level content coming and generally speaking you get addicted to power in this um and so my thought would be getting strong enough to go into grandmaster 2 and 3 that would be satisfactory again if there's incentive to go in there there's presently not an incentive so if the vacancy of grandmaster 2 and 3 wasn't a true wasn't wasn't a true thing i would be able to give you a much different answer right now i would be like you you need to grind for endgame loot so that you can be strong enough to do Grandmaster 2 because there's all these dope things you can get in Grandmaster 2 and then 3 and beyond, right? Well, those things don't exist right now. So basically, your reason for grinding is to get all the best gear to get a really, really strong build because there's things coming where you're going to kind of want to be that strong. You're going to want to be able to run Cataclysms and you're going to want to be able to run you know different pieces of the content and you're kind of preparing for that. Yeah, it's a form of power creep. Now, if that doesn't hook you, not every game, not every game's loop hooks you. The min-maxing in Division 1 never hooked me. I always thought it was kind of dumb. I was like, wait. So, you're telling me that I'm getting stronger so that I can play content that I'm presently too weak for, right? And when that, when I, when I get strong enough, then people were like, yeah, the world tiers become a whole lot more manageable uh, if they become a whole lot more manageable if you have the right gear. Well, the content loop, the content loop in Division wasn't satisfying enough for me. I didn't like it enough to keep getting my, my, kind of my head beat in and then eventually feeling like, well, now I'm strong enough to not get my head beat in. Because that's kind of what we're doing here. You get strong enough to where Grandmaster 1 doesn't beat your head in and then you go in and play it and when you grind it you get better loot drops you get better you know you get better stuff and then when you go from that to grandmaster 2 you're like oh yeah now i'm strong enough to not get my head beat in in grandmaster 2 but again if the com- if the combat loop and the content's not satisfying to you i think a lot of what i'm saying completely falls apart 
this is why Skillup's review left me wanting. I was like, he didn't really have a firm grasp on how abilities can be synergistic for combos and build differences and the and the in the end game grind for masterworks. He didn't seem to have a firm grasp on that. So I was like, so the loop didn't you didn't even really get a chance to talk about the loop being satisfying because you never really got into the build aspect of it. You know? So, aren't you contradicting yourself here? You'd have to do more than just assert that I'm contradicting myself. You'd have to make an argument and point out how I'm contradicting myself. Like, you know what I mean? You, you can't just assert that. You have to say how I'm contradicting myself. Um, the game has no loot. It drops whites on Grandmaster levels. Again, you're just going to do false summaries of the content. I've been grinding I've been grinding today on Grandmaster 1, and I've been slowly getting uh, Masterworks to level myself up. Not satisfying? Don't play it then. But you're wrong by saying that there are no loot drops. I've gotten plenty of loot drops just today for my storm. I had no Masterworks when I started. I've gotten two Legendaries and probably five or six Masterworks. So you are wrong. Provably wrong. There are plenty of drops in Grandmaster. Uh, there's guaranteed drops from legendary contracts at Grandmaster 1, and there are guaranteed Masterwork drops uh, in the Strongholds. How are you wrong? I just told you you're wrong. If you're not listening, then I'm done talking to you. I just told you how you're wrong about all the drops I've gotten today. Demonstrably and provably wrong, like factually. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you don't find it satisfying, that's fine. But you're making your case by stating things that are false. There are drops. I prove that there are drops. So listen and learn. It's that simple. So you're always right is what you're saying? No, but you're you're clearly wrong and also stupid. So that's a bad combination. I've proven that you're wrong and now you're just being stupid because I I proved that what you said was false while affirming that you're allowed to not enjoy the game, but maybe make your case by stating things that are true instead of false. Insecure much now that you're insulting me? Like, I don't know. Uh, saving Annihilator. Anthem seems to be suffering from the collective frustration of having to wait and see a game's true potential, like Destiny Division for Honor. Part of it stems from people paying 60 bucks and thinking, I should have gotten a complete game. Do you think, like, service games uh, like this should have a different sort of pricing model? No, because I disagree with that. The the, the premise, right? Sorry, I clicked out. The premise is false. I think we did get a complete game. We For, like, look at, like, come on, dude. Okay, listen. For $60, I have gotten a game that I have played over 60 hours easily, and I'm not even close to being done yet, okay? 20 to 25-hour campaign if you play exhaustively, a 15-hour campaign if you play quickly, okay? That's that's pretty good for a $60 game, and that, when you're done with the campaign, then you're just getting started. You have four javelins that have a variety of builds, and those builds take a long time to grind and find and get accustomed to. So I I completely disagree with the notion, and I think it's provably false to claim this game wasn't complete and we have to wait for it to get to its full potential. You are doing such biased sampling to even claim that the game isn't complete. Now, if you want to talk about bugs and glitches and how it should have waited, that's different, right? That's different, but they've fixed most of the groundbreaking issues. The sound glitch is the only one that seems to be persevering for a lot of people, right? So, if if you're looking for a complete game for $60, you, you literally have a game that the people that are telling you it's not complete have gotten to a point where they cheese their way into the end game, cheese their way past pot, like, 
they, they, they've cheesed their way past normal leveling pathways, right? They've just completely cheesed past it all. And, oh, there's no end game. Yeah, that kind of happens when you cheat and get loot faster than you're supposed to. When Lono plays and doesn't do any of the cheeses and takes 60 hours to get basically two characters to a masterwork level, I have a Colossus and a Ranger that have enough loot to have the masterwork level, and now I've got my third, my third character that I'm working on. How is that not a complete loot pursuit game? I don't understand. Like, again, you'll spend $60 on Spider-Man. And you'll play that campaign and beat it in, I don't know, 20 hours, 25 hours maybe. And this game, if you do every nook and cranny, it's about a 20 to a 25 hour campaign. Easy, easy, easy peasy. Okay. And then that's just the beginning though. You're just getting started. You're, you've 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 not you've not like you've not like hit the ceiling of oh now I've I've gotten all my builds you haven't even done that yet you're just you have literally just started the actual grind you have played through the campaign and you're and you're you know getting your pilot to getting your pilot to like level 30 you know that takes a while too because when you finish the campaign you're not really at the max level they should have paced that a little bit better I think but if you do it like 15 hours, you'll be at like level 19 or 20 out of level 30 for your pilot. So it's just uh, admitting admitting that there are problems and glitches and bugs is not admitting that the game is incomplete. The story is quite lengthy and that's up to player volition to play it the lengthy way. I played it and got 15 hours out of it and then I had a ton more stuff to do after that to get to level 30. And then when I got to level 30, that was the beginning of my grind for my very first character. And so it's it was like $60. And by the time I got one character, let's just say, oh, well, extra javelins isn't really content, Lono. Okay, well, let's stop then. And let's just say Colossus. It took maybe 30 to 40 hours to get my Colossus where, where he was. Right, it, it, to, to get into where I was like, okay, this is pretty satisfactory. I'm ready to move on for my Colossus. How is 30 to 40 hours out of a $60 game suddenly incomplete? I don't... What what freaking planet do you live on? What, do you, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, and 30 to 40 fun hours. It wasn't like I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Um, oh, DJ's got a chest. Where is he? Like right next to us. Oh my gosh, right next to us. Hours don't determine value of a game. If the uh, it's fun movie has two hours, it's good. So it was read to sixty hours or so, but boring and dull. I didn't have fun with it. Yeah, but that's subjective, though. Don't you see? That's why these discussions are so silly. Because at a ground level, I'm just stating facts. I didn't say it was an amazing time. I just said just to get one javelin to a quote unquote like I'm kind of done. I'm gonna move on from this javelin to get one javelin there. It was 30 hours. Like, how can you look at that and say incomplete? This is the problem with watching reviews of people that, number one, don't play the game and let other people play it for them. Uh, And people who spent 15 hours in the campaign fretted over talking to NPCs and basically didn't want to do it. And that was their experience. No masterwork builds. No legendary builds, no end game builds. They just they played. They basically played through the story, sampled each javelin. They were like, "Up, oh, seen it, heard it, boring, not good." 
and then you're going to determine from them, oh, it's not worth 60. Like, I, I don't know. Play it for yourself. You know, play it for yourself and determine, I guess, or watch people play that are actually enjoying it because if you enjoy Loot Pursuit games, I, I don't know. People are hungry to hate. I, I genuinely think people are just hungry to hate and they'll use the most insignificant claims about the game that are not backed by enough exposure, not backed by enough experience, and they'll watch somebody who I spent 30 hours with one javelin, ooh, a legendary, I think, I spent about 30 hours with one javelin leveling him up and getting him into a place where he felt like he was kind of ready for endgame, and that was one javelin. These guys probably put in 30 to 40 hours and they tried to sample all the javelins and it's just like I just don't think that's like you're not getting a fair sample of the game like and I, here this is the point I wanted to make I need to make this in a, in a video where people are like there's not enough loot in the loot's lame okay let's talk about that for a second until you get into the masterwork grind you have to admit what you're doing you are engaging you are engaging with the lowest tier levels, the most uninteresting levels of loot. Okay? My Grandmaster 1 drop rates have been really bad until just now, so I'm finally getting some drops. This is not normative, guys. I spent like two hours getting very low drops, and now I'm getting some good ones. Imagine playing Destiny. Let's let's draw a parallel here. Imagine playing Destiny and only interacting with white, green, and blue loot and maybe a couple of legendaries now that there's random rolls, right? now that there's random rolls you interact with a couple of legendaries and you're like, this loot sucks and is inconsequential well, 90% of the loot you interacted with is trash it's blue, green, and white so of course it felt inconsequential you haven't engaged with the the actual loot pursuit in Destiny that's what people are doing when they say the loot's boring and they haven't yet built a masterwork build yet you're not actually chasing the loot that that, that makes significant changes to your gameplay you're dealing with the cannon fodder loot of of getting to the grind like you have oh well shouldn't all the loot be interesting now you're undercutting the very identity of a game like this the very identity of a game like this requires the loot to get more interesting the further that you go. So trash loot in the beginning is part and parcel to this style of game. You see? You're, people are judging the loot system literally based off of the the worst loot in the game. And then, oh, yeah, the loot's boring. Like, I can't imagine watching somebody play Destiny and have them use a bunch of blue loot and then maybe a couple of legendaries and they're like yeah the loot's bad because all the way up to epic right in this game you have white green blue and purple all four of those tiers of loot are not that interesting they're not meant to be it it and someone in the chat saying no it should be that interesting again you don't understand the genre of game that we're playing they can't make low level gear interesting because then what are you going to do when you get to the high level gear the uninteresting nature of the low level gear serves as an incentive driver to the end game loot it's part of the structure it's part of the mechanics of a game like this Eh, not that great. Eh, not that strong. Ooh, this is a little bit stronger. Ooh, this is a lot, lot stronger. Oh, wow. Like, that's the way these games are built. 
but people eat people eat half the meal and they want to judge it they're like they're going to a steakhouse and they're not even getting to the meal they're just like yeah dude the appetizers were crap so i just assumed the 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 the, the, the food was bad i just assumed right i mean why bother it's it's a it's a total it's a total it, again it's a stacked deck you're 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 judging the worst like you're judging the solvency and the depth and the impact of the loot and you're judging it with the most in non-impactful weakest loot in the game it's totally rigged what it, it, it just I don't know, making purples OP is how we got the Ikelos shotgun debacle. Yeah, Destiny's got its own problems with respect to loot and power problems, right? Like rapid fire shotguns. <laughs> hey, Destiny community, I'm wrong per usual, and yet I said rapid fire shotguns were gonna get nerfed. <laughs> wrong per usual. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what am I, 10 for 10 now? I mean, listen, the <laughs> The, the nature of loot in this game, you can't judge the low-tier loot and, and say there's no depth and say there's no power. Crap loot matters because it makes the endgame loot seem super, super different. You, that's the beauty, oh, that's the beauty of a game like this, is you get to that point where you're like, yo, look at my build, look at this, I got this thing here, this feeds this, this feeds that, this gives me my health back, this gives me ult energy, yo, I'm amazing, and your friend's like, dude, I have all green loot, I feel like a turd in comparison to you. That's how it's always, that's how it's always been, (laughs) that's how these games are built. Uh, the switch to glitch. Um, would you suggest Grandmaster Two and Three have guarantees for masterwork weapons? There needs to be guarantees, yes, for number of masterworks. I think I think when you run Grandmaster One, a guaranteed at the end and a good likelihood of getting them throughout is a great. Grandmaster Two should be a guaranteed two two at the end, with an even higher drop rate all throughout, and same for three. Now, but the other thing they need to do though, okay, here's the problem. If, if you're making me run, if you're making me run Grandmaster 2, and it's taking me twice as long to do everything, right? Well, then the increased drop rate may be a wash. If I can run a Grandmaster 1 and get the guaranteed masterwork at the end, I run Grandmaster 1, guaranteed at the end, one or two throughout, so I get, you know, two or three every time I finish, you know, Tyrant Mine. And I go into Grandmaster 2, and it takes me twice as long to maybe get twice as many drops. It's a wash. What the frick reason is there to go in there? Why, why, why hurt my own head? I should just, I should just literally just basically run Grandmaster 1, because the loot turnover is no different, don't you see? That's the problem. If you go into Grandmaster 2, and you're basically netting the same loot... Be, two hours gives you the same amount of loot of two hours of Grandmaster 1 that's a problem this is why they need specific armor drops and specific you know things to be like no you want to run Grandmaster 2 because you can't get X, Y, and Z unless you do or at the very least legendaries become humongously more you know consistent at those levels there, there, and somebody's saying they need to cap the attributes 
I mean, that's that too. Because when you're trying to really perfect your build, you're basically going for inscriptions that have really, really high value. You're going for that elemental damage that's like 175, 150. Um, and if if the if you if you have a way higher likelihood of getting that in Grandmaster two and then three and beyond, that's when you get into the true min maxing. Well, yeah, sure, dude. You have a bunch of masterworks and legendaries, but none of your inscriptions are above a one fifty or a one twenty five or whatever. If you want the one seventy five percentages on your inscriptions, you got to go into Grandmaster two and three, or you're just you're probably never going to get the right drops. It's just going to take you too long. Uh, RJ214, what exactly are you gearing up for? Already answered this question. Endgame content, cataclysms, future expansions, and then the higher level difficulties, which will eventually get loot put into them. Admittedly, that's a problem right now. They need to uh, they need to put in more incentives for Grandmaster 2 and 3. Gale, have you had any issues with quick play? I queued up 10 and only 3 of them matched me into 1 and was bugged. I haven't done quick play. I need to do it though for my challenges, my legacy or whatever. Uh, Gunthor. Hi, Lono. What's your take on the recent loot drop nerfs? Well, right, it wasn't really a drop nerf. We talked about this already. I think that 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 my the point that I've made about this numerous times today is that there is a accessibility issue with saying, you know, masterworks are gonna be really, really hard to get anywhere anywhere but, you know, the strongholds, right? And that, to me, is solved by saying masterworks are a, a key or a doorway into fun builds, and then Grandmaster 1, 2, and beyond are the key and the doorway to you perfecting those builds. If, if, if you can do, right, if you can do free play, if you can do free play and get a bunch of masterworks and get some fun builds but they're not good builds yet because the inscriptions are in- intentionally held back, that's a really good system because then you're exposing people you're exposing people to really, really fun builds, but you're still motivating that hardcore player to keep going. Send the sniper for 18 months, thank you. So that's what they need to look at. Like, inscription percentages and quality of inscription need to change dependent upon the level of difficulty that you're at. So folks can do Grandmaster 1 and and feel like they're getting a good turnover rate of Masterworks and Legendaries, but the inscriptions feel a little bit sort of held back and hamstrung. Uh, Button Mantra says... Would you advise anyone unsure about the game to download as it's covered on a 14-day refund? I got my refund within six hours of requesting it, which is an easy process. The game got stuck at 43. Right, the DirectX thing is is a um, the DirectX problem is an origin problem. Like I said, I had that same problem with Apex Legends. It's not an Anthem problem, and I don't make recommendations about buying. I don't. I tell people why I like it and why I feel like I'm getting my value out of it, and I let them decide. I do not tell people to pre-order or buy the game. I have never done that arrow 12 how do you feel about the other two strongholds uh, i feel like i'm forced to do tyrant mind because uh, of the uh if i want to be efficient um because other two are so long right this is something we've talked about before i feel like the length of grind uh should justify a higher drop rate um because no one's gonna run heart of rage no one's gonna run um, the other thing. You hearing that? I have sound turned off. No one's gonna run the other strongholds, um, because they're, they take too long. 
Um, Temple of Scar is actually quicker if you know what you're doing. Yeah, but Temple of Scar, I don't know. The boss is really annoying because of stun lock. He's really bad about stun lock and the fan blades and stuff. I don't know. That fight, that fight can get really, really freaking irritating. I, I don't know. I feel like the Spider Queen is so easy to kill. If you're going based off of loot farm, she's far better for your time. Um, I can't stop what's happening because I I bump, I got bumped. <laughs> that was an eternal fall. So I liked Heart of Rage, and I really like uh, the other one too, the the Temple of Scar. I just I want an incentive to go in there. Give me give me armor sets maybe or something that I can get from them. I don't know. Logic. Do you believe Bioware missed an opportunity making gear strictly cosmetic and not a vital part of the game? Luke Grind already addressed this. There's plenty of uh, perks on your mod components. Your mod components don't do anything. So, like, we don't need gear. Like, they don't do anything to you cosmetically. So, they basically said, here's where all of your armor abilities would have gone, right? And we put it into mod components. Why? To have a clear division between cosmetics and power. I think that clear division is a huge benefit to the player. It makes microtransactions pure and un... It doesn't sully them by having them attached to gear that is making you stronger. It doesn't have PvP, but you still don't want that in a loot-based game. Uh, Chester says, UK sales just drop. Anthem just sold 50% of what Andromeda did and just 10% of what Destiny sold in the same period. Paul Tassi said EA is really unhappy uh, and the game's in trouble. Uh, is it realistic to worry about the future or is Tassi... Uh, making something out of nothing dude if sales projections are not where they're supposed to be then that's problematic yes and I think it's a lesson to be learned about about focusing on launch date instead of when games are ready um, I also think it's the growth pains of a company that made mistakes with microtransactions in the past right I mean look you you did you did things with Battlefront and FIFA and Madden and you know EA has done things to upset the gaming community and that PR is bleeding over like that's not that's not something that you can just you can just get rid of and that stigma affected virtually every video that came out about microtransactions was so just presumptive cuz it was EA it was so presumptive and would they have done that to any other company? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But if um, that doesn't include digi sales, by the way, that's the thing. I'd be curious, like how it did with EA Access and Origin Premiere, because that if they if they're only counting like the retail, the retail movement. I mean, I don't know if it sold less than Andromeda. I don't know if that's that surprising. Andromeda was selling off of the name Mass Effect, and Andromeda's problems didn't start until way later with respect to PR and people feeling like the game was super weak. Um, So, you know, a lot of those problems didn't emerge until later. I mean, Mass Effect was a highly anticipated, you know, franchise, you know, name to be, you know, have more stuff put out. And I think that 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 definitely helped sales big time. New IPs always struggle to a certain extent, but if they're having trouble with sales and they're not happy with sales, um, I don't know what they can do to fix that other than to just mark the game down. And then you're gonna have people get mad though that bought at full price. Like it's a touchy subject when you're like, we're not getting enough people in the funnel. Um, we're not getting enough people in the funnel. We need to get people in the funnel. You don't want to just jump to free, but you also want to just cut the price of the game super fast because then people that bought at full price are going to feel really, really cheated. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a good position to be in. Um, so 
I mean, ultimately, I think a lot of what happened is the result of there. There's a lot of things that are not a true a true judgment of the quality of the game, right? There were a lot of there were a lot of articles and things written that that sold the game down the down the down the road, and it was like, oh, it's gonna have terrible micros. That turned out to be false. And then a lot of people reviewing the game are reviewing the game against the backdrop of Bioware expectations or they're being overly critical because of EA. And I think I think those things I think those things are playing a part. Does the game have problems? Yeah, I've highlighted a lot of them and, and it has a lot of bugs. That always hurts the launch date of a game. That always hurts a game's reception. But I want you to think about something. The the launch the launch date and the confusion about the launch date and the microtransactions and there were a lot of things that have nothing to do with the quality of this game there were a lot of things that hurt this game's reception before it even got out of the gate like before it even got out of the gate like it didn't even get to the point where it was like it, it wasn't even out and people were already bashing it and so i think that played a humongous role um you know, now I got stasis chain. Uh, it it, it bolt arcs to two nearby targets, and hitting enemies detonates electric explosions. So I think that turns that into a detonator. So I don't know. That sounds pretty good. Uh, we'll have to check that out. Um, that seems pretty nice. Uh, Will Stizzle in Grandmaster two and three are there are the masterwork roll drops better? No, they're not, and that's something that needs addressed. What gear score would you be good enough to go into a stronghold? I'm around 180 gear. Uh, it tells you, I think, on the thing. If not, I would wait until you have all blue gear to do like a stronghold at like normal. Um, did he mean to salvage that? Yeah, I meant to salvage that because I have this one down here. I have Stasis Chain as a Legendary, which is essentially the same as a Masterwork. Um, You can do Stronghold on Easy at any level. Yeah, you can do Stronghold on Easy at any level, but they really don't start to get worth it until you... They don't really start to get worth it until you're doing stuff at hard. Um, So... um, I don't know. That has 30% uh, luck on it, and that's Flame Burst. I don't know. That's always tempting. It's always tempting to run something with luck on it. Always tempting. Uh, to run something with luck on it just because it makes the drops better uh noobs are friends what is your take on the quick play feature and random squad play in general ideas to improve squad communication i've not done it enough i just think they need a landing bay so you can talk with people immediately i don't think push to talk should be the default i think you should land and immediately be talking to people and and be on a landing bay and you should be able to change your loadout right there before you go in so you can immediately be like what are you talking about detonators and primers so people could get educated number two once educated they could say well i'm all prime and you're all prime that's not going to work very well and then you could you know make alterations before going into the mission other than that other than streamlining communication and giving people the opportunity to kind of come together and synergize before going out on mission i don't have a lot of input on this because i just i don't know the game kind of has to get legs before you start worrying about um before you start worrying about people you know in the, in the quick play, the game kind of has to get off the ground first, because people have to kind of learn the game, and then once they learn the game, they start funneling into quick play, and then you start having a better option, but I haven't heard good things about quick play, it seems like you're better off just doing basic matchmaking for a given activity um, so 
this is not a good roll, so we're going to delete that. The only problem is I'd be switching off of my primer, which is my, my primer is really, really good. Um, and uh, I don't know if I want to do that just yet. Um, and that has 175% physical damage, and so does this, but this has electric effect, and this has impact damage. We'll leave the one with electric effect. I don't know if I have a good primer... Uh, up here, I don't yet, so we're, we're gonna just kind of sit on that, we can't do anything with that, um, unfortunately there's nothing, there's nothing we can do with it so we'll keep running with what we have um yeah, I don't have the other ice primer yet, or if I do, I don't have a good one uh, Scrapwood, did you see the post Travis from Diablo 3 Senior Designer made about Anthem on subreddit? Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, keep it the good work. I've not seen that yet. I need to look at it. So Legendary is better than Masterwork? Uh, or how does that work? Yes, Legendary is the tip, tip, top of the pyramid, and Masterwork's below that. So, like, when you get, and the reason I deleted a Masterwork a second ago, when you get a Legendary version of, let's say, you get a Legendary version of the Papa Pump. It's a shotgun, Okay. You get a legendary version of the Papa Pump. Well, all Masterwork versions don't matter anymore. Unless you have an absolute god roll that has amazing inscriptions on it, you're probably going to go up to the legendary because it's going to do more damage, it's higher rank on gear score, and and then hopefully you're, you know, you're going obviously for the better rolls or whatever. So like mod components and other things like that, once you start seeing legendaries, you're equipping those because their, their stats by their very nature are higher than the Masterwork. So you're getting a legendary version of the Papa Pump. So once you get into Masterworks, they all have names. All the guns have names. Like, identities and abilities. And then those abilities don't change when you go to legendary. Everything's just boosted. Um, And so that's why you're not really worrying about... That's why people that criticize the loot cycle and they don't even get beyond all purple gear don't understand the the loot at all. They're using low-level crap gear and it's just kind of like... You're, you're not you're not really engaging with the loot cycle or the content loop greater 14 I think the 90-day roadmap is great for people um, is great for people so that the more of the public can be in the raid cataclysm ready when it arrives do you think their attempt to include as many people as possible in the end game uh, is why they are delaying them unlike destiny 2 where the raids release only 1% of the community get to go into them right like to a certain extent right to a certain extent, I think that's a better way of treating your end game. That's the other thing people are like, oh, we have to wait, we have to wait. Why? So what should be like Destiny? So the 1% of the 1% who know life, the game, and grind like crazy all get to jump into the first Cataclysm and do the end game content and do all the fun stuff. They get to do it and basically nobody else can touch it for weeks. So yeah, I think it's a better and more winsome way to do your end game when other people can kind of gradually build up. They look at the roadmap and they can kind of set their sights on it. Uh, Dolaredia, uh, Dolaredia. I'm not sure how to say that. Should quick play even be in the game? Let alone try the valor achievement uh, when it's completely broken and doesn't work. And I work. I did 15 quick plays yesterday, and exactly one of them didn't have a broken mission that couldn't be completed. I I don't know why. If it's functioning that poorly, then it should be disabled. Like I I didn't realize quick play was that bad. I've not used it. I just click on what I want to do and I do it and I think unfortunately people are like naturally drawn to quick play because it's like oh quick play I don't have to think boom and they hit it well unfortunately we saw in skill ups review 
somebody hit quick play and was all of a sudden in the heart of rage and they were like a level three or something um it was like what the frick why is this even possible uh and other people are definitely saying in chat too that quick play is having issues i mean that needs looked at then because you know how many people like probably just boot up the game don't even think and they just hit quick play i mean that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem uh hello there fellow uh, follower from sweden i enjoy uh i read endgame here endgame there it seems like endgame is different for all what do you personally think is endgame i've already dealt with this question today a lot i think endgame is different just dependent on the game you're playing in destiny the endgame is chasing pinnacle rolls on guns because then you feel like you have the absolute best gear in the game and now it doesn't necessarily change your 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 loadout and how you play in destiny you could be already using that gun, but you want a better version, right? You want a better version to, you know, to, to feel like it's, you know, slightly stronger uh, or whatever. Um, and when and when you're doing that, that's your grind. You know, Diablo and Borderlands and other games, sometimes you're literally just chasing, uh, you're just chasing an extra playthrough. And in that extra playthrough, there are roles that are considered the best and there are guns that are considered awesome and you chase those as well. It's different in every game. Generally speaking, the most generic answer I can give you is that endgame is when you are no longer leveling or engaging with the campaign and you are chasing better loot. Better is subjective, right? Better might mean stronger so that you're ready for cataclysms. Better might mean I already have this stuff, but I want better rolls. So that's endgame. The most generic definition I can give you is you are no longer in the campaign or leveling. And you are chasing better loot. That's essentially it. Now, that's why I'm being generic. Because some people are like, well, what about raids? What about this? What about that? Again, every game is different. So you may or may not be doing that in raids. You may or may not be doing that in strongholds. Or contracts. Or bounties. Or free play. And looks like we may have... Oh, I thought we lost Milo. He's like frozen. Um, you know? There's a variety of ways to experience that. But ground level... That's endgame. And you go into a lot of different places to do those things. In Diablo, it's... uh, In Diablo, it's the rifts. And in this game, it's the spiral staircase of upping the difficulty. So your contracts, your free play, your strongholds, your legendary contracts, all those things go up in in difficulty. And then the cataclysms happen. And then the public... You know, the, the events happen. I think the events need to be significantly cooler. Like you know the giant one there should have been specific loot to chase but then that becomes problematic because what if you don't get in and you know fear of missing out takes over and people feel like oh i didn't get to play you know that's lame there's a happy medium there but i do think that's generically what endgame is t-funk we have a 90 day roadmap when do you think we will get the next step in the roadmap as far as like what we're like what they're delivering i think it's in march so we have to get through february obviously we haven't got into march yet do you think a uh, battle pass-esque type of system would work for Anthem? All set with trickle and challenge rewards and cosmetics to keep them coming back. I mean, I don't know if they want to start trying to iterate on microtransactions right now. I think they kind of have to get the game out of the starting blocks. I think you start iterating on microtransactions and you're going to have people feeling like, why don't you fix the game first? You know? Now, I'm not saying a battle pass system couldn't be good. But I definitely think there is a there's a danger in focusing on that right now. They have a lot they need to do before they start focusing on, 
you know, the spending. And that's just, obviously, that's my opinion, but I would start focusing on bugs, glitches, and quality of life before you start saying, okay, now that we've gotten, like, a season under our belt, that would be the time to do it. All right, we've got a season under our belt. This is what people are looking like. This is what you guys asked for. You wanted more armor. We think this is a great way to deliver the armor in an intentional way. You know, you spend X amount of dollars, and you get, like, this, this, you know, Path of the Victor book or whatever the frick, and as you do it, you can get all the cosmetics guaranteed. Or you can try and earn them by chance, or, you know, you can try and unlock them with your own in-game currency and coin, or you can buy them piecemeal with shards. Like, give people, like, a, 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 a lot of different ways of getting it. I think that'd be good. Tibulator. How do you feel about armor being strictly cosmetic? Already answered it. I think it's fine. Loving the stream. Keep up the good work. My question is, has Bioware EA stated why the game looks different now compared to when it was shown in the E3 demo? Uh, like the demo when we got the masterwork weapon, it showed that on screen. Uh, I think that I think they just made decisions in development, man. I don't think they wanted people loot gazing. Also, consider this. A commercial or a trailer is meant to showcase the game, not the interworkings of the game. So they wanted to communicate with you that you go out on a mission and you can get a piece of named gear that's awesome, right? What were they supposed to do? Sweet, I got loot. Let's go back to the tower and check it out. Or let me go into this menu and equip it. I don't think they like showing that stuff in those commercials and in those trailers. I think they're basically just trying to show off the game. So they were communicating something to you. You go on stuff, loot drops, and it's named loot, and it's cool, and that's exciting. Also, development and testing, maybe because of the style of game is so dependent upon sticking together, you know, being cooperative and using combos, they just didn't want people loot gazing. They didn't want people stopping in the middle of missions to constantly check their loot and to be like, oh, wait, I got this other thing. It's a min-maxing game, right? So every piece of loot is a potential, you know, five-minute endeavor of swapping this and swapping that. Like, look at what I just got a little bit ago. It was a different ability to take away my ice primer, and it would have required me to use a completely different detonator ability. Well, then I got to look at inscriptions. I got to look at, okay, is this going to be stronger? Is this going to give this? Oh, well, when I take that off, I'm going to lose my elemental buffs. I don't know if I want to do that or not. Hang on, I got to look at this one. Yeah, this one's got this and this and this. I just think you're, you're, you're priming people... You're priming people to not really be engaging with the game and be staring at stuff. So, no, they've not commented on that. That's a very generous way to look at a trailer saying actual gameplay. It was actual gameplay and people, they change mechanics all the time. If you want to be negative and down on the mouth and being like, they showed me a trailer two years ago and a gun dropped and I saw the name of the gun. They're liars. I mean, I guess go ahead and grind that axe. I just find that that willful negativity to be exhausting they did the same thing in division there was a thing and they opened the chest and it showed the loot and the loot looked cool and the loot had stats because that's a more cinematic way to show that there's loot in in division instead of being like oh i'm gonna oh i got loot sweet let me pause the game let me go into my menu let me look at the loot stats that doesn't work for a trailer that's not I, that's just like that you're you're doing mechanics in a trailer like that's boring nobody wants to see that so actual gameplay like I guess again if you want to get on that hobby horse and like grind that axe and be like we were completely misled because now we can't see the guns until we go back to the fort cool man awesome you're right I guess and don't play then or whatever and the division got heat for it the division got heat for far more noticeable graphical downgrades to their game and 
I don't think I went back and watched the E3 trailer that I responded to in 2017 and this game on a PC with all the foliage and graphics looks basically the same to me as what we saw in that trailer right I I don't know I don't see dramatic differences I don't see like a lack of environmental things in my cape blowing and stuff like when watchdogs went from trailer to, to final game where it literally looked like a different game. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't see that. I think people are reaching. I really do think people are reaching. Even the most negative reviews have acknowledged that the game looks really, really good. Like even the most negative reviews have acknowledged that. So, again, I think, um, I think people are really stretching and overstating their case. And again, I just am so sick of getting overheated. You're making me fly for these things. And there's overheated things everywhere. Like, stop overheating the player. And then look how long I had to stand there to not be overheated. It's just too long. Project uh, 88 says, uh, I think I have the last one. He says, how different builds are there actually possible with Anthem? I'm not answering this because I've answered this numerous times. You're asking a question. I, I feel like you asked this after I dealt with this, or maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I feel like I've already addressed how each javelin has three to four builds. It's possible you submitted this after I asked it, though. There are a ton of questions, but I don't want to skip your question because I know you're here all the time and you're a homie. I've, I've answered this a handful of times. Um, so, yeah, three or four builds per javelin. Easy, easy. Duplus. Finding it hard to transition to a second javelin after using my storm for the whole campaign up to level 30. What would you recommend to get the higher level gear uh, quick on other javelins? Just do what I'm doing. Just go into hard and grandmaster with a team and just, you know, kind of uh, kind of do your thing. It is an adjustment, though. Like, I was bad with the ranger when I first started using him. I was terrible. I was using a ranger, and I was struggling uh, after coming off a of Colossus. I really, really struggled. Um, I really did. And so I think you just have to kind of get, you have to adjust to the javelin. You do. When should I do contracts? Whenever you want. There's no right or wrong way to play the game. Uh, Just killing you. Have you heard or do you know when they're bringing stats? Nope, they just want to do it. Sam, do you think the next content drop will be a little or a lot with a lack of content? I'm not endorsing your lack of content. I think that's just a passive way to take a shot at the game. Um, I don't think there's a lack of content. I think the content is substantive. I think you're watching people play 60 to 70 hours a game, many of which who cheesed and took shortcuts. I think the average player does not feel that there's a lack of content. I feel you have an incredibly biased sampling from people who either didn't play enough, didn't leave the lower tier levels of loot, uh, and came to conclusions about the loot depth, or they cheesed, took shortcuts, and now they're like, there's no end game. I truly think the argument of that there's no content is just completely vacant and not seconded by most casual players who are probably enjoying the game. So I think your question's based on something that I've dealt with enough today that is just completely and utterly false. I I just, I, I like, listen, I played 60 hours, man, and I'm just now on my third character. You can't claim lack of content. I just don't think you can. Now, oh, there's not enough diversity? That's subjective. Uh, it's opinion. I, it, there's so many different things that you can do just in free play with respect to the engagements and the enemies that you fight, from big Ursixes to small titans to storm brutes to lots of storms to lots of guys with mines to, uh, I'm trying to think of the other guys you have to fight, the Furies. Um, I don't know. 
there's just a lot of differences in the game and I just don't think anybody is making legitimate arguments about lack of content I think they don't enjoy the content and are coming to really unfair criticisms I could have said that about Monhan I could have been like I put in 10 hours I put in 15 hours it's boring I watch a bunch of people play it on stream it's basically the same thing I'm doing not a lot of depth not a lot of content people are like Lono you didn't put enough time in you know I, I don't know Nightheart. Will there be any changes to the crafting? I have no idea. Ability and ping locations to squad members. It'd be great to have that. They w- they would like to look into it. Uh, Stormbear. I may be able to afford this game in three days. Do you think that people like me joining later uh, the most will find the game to play with? Or will I join and be considered late? Well, you can play with your buds and they're not going to ruin the game for you. Like when you play Division with your buds in like Division 1, it was terrible because everyone scaled, all the enemies scaled to the really, really strong guy uh, in the group. And in this, they get scaled to him so he can't one-shot everything. And him not being able to one-shot everything enables you to enjoy the game as it's designed instead of enjoying some weird game where your strong, you know, your strong hulk of a friend just runs through and one-shots everything right like you don't i just don't think people enjoy games when they don't when they don't play them this is why people that cheese and exploited their criticisms are about as empty as as a as a bucket like you didn't exactly experience the game so you can't really criticize the lack of end game cuz you didn't didn't play the game right um so i think you'll be fine i don't know i and i think with the content drip they're going to have to think about getting you up to snuff right like, how are you going to get to the point where you can join your friends in cataclysms and stuff? Like, are you going to be able to play a cataclysm at hard or, or easy just to experience it with your friends? And then why, like, why are they going to want to play at the lower levels? They're just, I don't know. They have to think about that. That's always a danger in a game like this is in three months as they're beautiful, like they're really awesome and everyone's excited and everyone's loving it. Like, let's just imagine things are good, right? And the roadmap's been banging on all cylinders, and you decide to jump in. You don't want to feel like you're at the bottom of Mount Everest with no one down there with you. There, there has to be a way to slingshot you a little bit up to the top. I don't want to rob people of the early game. I think the early game's fun, and I think the transition from early game to grind is 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 when you really start to get a glimpse of of good things. But I I, I also think you're not going to want to really play with your buddies. If you know everything is everything is out of your reach, or you got to put in three weeks to catch up, that that I think is a, it's just a it's just a challenge for games like this. I don't exactly know what the solution is, um, but they're gonna have to think about ways to do it. Pretty easy to carry people in hard, right? Now the only thing I could think they could do is they could give you like a latecomer's bonus. So maybe when you're on hard as a latecomer. They just they just really really raise the drop rate, so you're you're getting kitted for Grandmaster One a little bit faster, and I think that's okay because you're you're still playing the game and you're playing with buds, but they're trying to be like, look, man, we want to get you out of the lower rungs, and one of the ways we're gonna do that is we're gonna say, yeah, you're a latecomer, you can apply this thing, and when you apply this thing, you you're getting like a really really high drop rate at easy, normal, and hard because we want to slingshot you a little bit up into um, up into the the grandmaster difficulties because that's kind of where the where the love is. 
uh, Nightheart. Any solo player support coming? More solo player content? It's not a solo. It's not a solo player game. If you're looking for a solo game, don't play this. You can matchmake into everything as a solo player and have a good experience. But if you want stuff where you're just by yourself and solo, you are playing the wrong game. And they've made that clear from the beginning. So don't buy this game or play this if you want a bunch of stuff to do by yourself or solo. You can play solo and have a great experience. But if you really want things sequestered and changed and modified for you as a solo player. I feel like adding matchmaking to every piece of the content, they've done that for you. And to go beyond that is somewhat absurd. Um, yeah, it's pretty dark for me. It just got pretty dark. There could be a storm happening. This happen all the time, right? Strongest Link. How are EA game changers dealing with the prospect of EA reps as well as reps of EA subsidiaries like Bioware cloaking as regular customer and commenting, posting questions about content published by people from the game changer program? Like, what are you even talking about? This is more smoke and mirrors, black dagger conspiracy theory garbage. There's no one doing that. Bioware cloaking as regular customers and commenting, posing questions about content published by people. I mean, what what are we doing now? Like, what are we even talking about? How could you even prove this? Like, this is when tribalism turns you into a into a. I'm not saying this about strongest link, okay, but. This is when tribalism is turning you into a bit of a into a bit of a weirdo. You're so paranoid that you think good comments, questions, input or or anything about the game, it it it's it must be BioWare, it must be something that's bought and paid for. You're so tribalistic, you're so bought hook line and sinker into the game sucks and is bad that anything divergent from that simply must be a conspiracy theory. Like come on, man. Like I People like things that you don't. That's a thing. That's the way the world works. Like I I there are people that eat at restaurants that I think are disgusting and uninteresting. I don't go in and be like, alright, okay, how much are y'all paid to be here? Cause clearly the food in here is crap. Whoa, what's going on here? Like you know what I mean? This kind of ha- stuff happened to Co the other day. Someone said they had secret documents proving Co was paid by EA. It's just, uh, it's just tribalism run, run aground, and it's run aground so sharply that it's turned people into paranoid weirdos. Just stop it. You're, you are, you're embarrassing yourself. It's embarrassing enough to be a douchebag in YouTube comments and to consume your day with negativity and hate. Like, that's embarrassing enough for the human existence. Don't go farther down the line and become, like, freaking like, Fox Mulder from X-Files, like... I want to believe, you know, oh, there's got to be a conspiracy theory because there's no way in heck that people actually like this game. Like, just get off the train before it wrecks, man. You're, you, people are losing their freaking minds. I, just, I don't even know what to say to some of these, some of this stuff. Uh, Q, uh, quarter star player. Are you afraid the amount of players will fade out? The premium test month is called, oh, once the premium month is over. I don't know. I don't know what the player base looks like right now. I don't. I don't know. If it's bad and it's in bad shape, they got to consider getting people in there through discounts or something. Um, they've got to. Uh, tribalism works both w- ways. It can be equally argued that those with positivity for the game are being tribalistic. I'm being forced to be tribalistic, dude. What do you want me to do? I'm being backed into a corner. Look, I'm just sitting here playing the game and having and having laughs. That's all I'm doing. Like, w- the, the, the tribalism is almost universally almost universally provoked by and propagated by the negative 
oh, universally, dude. I've been doing this for four years. There are not people going on a tirade and going into like Twitter feeds and be like, hey, hey, bud, I heard you said you didn't like the game that much. The frick's the matter with you? What are you, some kind of a, what are you, some kind of a negative Nancy? What's the matter with you? Why don't you like the game? But people do that if you like the game. People were doing that to Co Carnage, a non EA game changer homie that was just having fun with the game. Don't you see? It's it's almost universally propagated and pushed into that lane of dialogue by the negative people. It just I that's been a consistent experience of mine. Will this guy never prime? Thank you. Um so yeah, I I don't know, I don't know, I, I like just some of the things we've read today. I, the people that are liking the game are just like, I'm having fun. I don't really care what anybody thinks. Like for the most part, the people that enjoy the game don't get nearly as tribalistic as those that don't. I think we're forced to feel tribalistic because like you back me into a corner, you take the dialogue and such into, into such an absurd status of hyperbole, exaggeration, and just it's just absurdity. I I have to I have to talk that way. It's like we're getting into the absurd. Like you're making me talk about things that are ludicrous. Uh, Retaliative says, "What do you think of the balance issues between the javelins?" I don't have any commentary on that yet. I've not played enough. Uh, Victor Mayhem, do you think people fully understand the premise of a live service game and the roadmap that's discussed? No, I think people wanted a Mass Effect story that they were going to play and put down. All right, truth be told. I think people wanted a Mass Effect level story that they were going to play and put down. I think the people that are upset about the story and they barely engage with certain aspects of it, I don't think they wanted a service game. I don't. I don't. I think they wanted a story they could play and then put down and then be done with it. And that's why they're so angry. Because they can tell that most of the chips were put on the table for the repetitious aspect of it and not the story aspect of it. I mean, as far as service games go and grind games go and loot goes, uh, this game delivered that, and that's not what people wanted. Azalor with a prime sub 12 minutes ago. Sorry, Azalor, for missing it. And the Pred with a prime sub. Guys, thanks for the prime sub. So many prime subs lately. I appreciate it very, very much. Alaman, about variety of people keeping interested with Anthem, do you think that every javelin having more than one ult could help? Well, they're looking at that in the future. A big factor in combat variety and destiny is that you can build around specific ultimates. Right, and I think in this, the fact that you can do combos, and those are like miniature ultimates. Do you know what I'm saying? the 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 nature of the of the different builds and th- stuff are like are almost like miniature ults you know beg to differ about the loot loot's not good in this game well, that's your opinion it's not fact and i've proven time and time again that the loot changes gameplay significantly and most people commentating on the loot didn't get into the masterwork grind so you're commentating on crap loot saying the loot's bad so i expect people who didn't put in enough time to get into the actual loot grind to tell me the loot's bad i would expect the same from somebody who played the destiny campaign and didn't get beyond blue loot to tell me the loot's bad because it is by nature supposed to be bad and that's what most people did played for a little bit thought the loot was boring not uh, not influential because it is supposed to be bad and not influential and then they just do conclusions from there so I can load up any javelin and swap out masterworks and different builds and show you how influential they are and how strong they are and you'd probably dig your heels in and say you don't care just because people have made up their minds but the loot is actually quite varied and quite different and you're basically grinding for god rolls um 
Trip Hazard, do you think free play should have more players in the open world? We've talked about this in a few other talks. I think there's too much going on, too much foliage, too much lighting effects, uh, too much environmental effects. I think it'd be really, really hard to optimize, especially for the consoles. Um, Ashes says, if and when they add a fifth javelin, what style would you like to see? I've said maybe like a barbarian, like a mixture of the... um, a mixture of the Colossus and the Interceptor, so give him, like, two big axes that he can swing, you know? So he's rushing in, and he's melee base, and he's big, but it's different than the way the Interceptor works. It's more about brute force and big slams and stuff. Um, so, other than that, I don't I don't really know. I think it'd be hard. I think each Javelin kind of covers a lot of bases, so it's kind of hard without kind of doing, like, a combination. Uh, Zakale. What do you think this game will be, uh, be allowed to make a recovery? Oh, do you think it'll be allowed to make Or will EA just burn it? I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. They're not going to do a healer javelin. They've said they're not interested in doing a healer javelin. We've talked about why a healer javelin would be pretty rough. It'd be a lot of chasing, and it'd be pretty frustrating. I don't think it'd be very enjoyable. Um, if they... <sighs> If they decide the revenue's bad and they just decide to cut all funding, I don't I don't know. I think we I think we've really got to start dealing with those questions in 90 days. It's we we've 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 no, there's guys nearby. Maybe we need to kill these guys over here. Um No, cuz those aren't scars. Those are scorpions. Yeah, I think we do have a bugged event. Uh at the end of 90 days we can talk about some of this. I just I think it's too early to know if the game's gonna recover or bounce back. I think we've had like an enemy fall through the floor or something. Uh, Kira Calcion, isn't it unrealistic to expect Mass Effect or Dragon Age story in a massive multiplayer game? Like, can't the world have uh, altering decisions in a shared like, you can't have altering decisions in a shared world? Well, and that's the problem is we've talked about this many times. People were judging it against that backdrop and not saying I don't know. I don't think you can just assert that well, it's a service game, and that's the way people are. That's the way people are excusing a bad story. Well, you can't just excuse bad story because it's a service game. Okay, there's a lot of premises and a lot of things in that that are you're 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 pre- you're preferring your assertion first, and then arguing accordance to it second. So you're basically preferring and saying story's bad. So you're preferring your assertion, and then after preferring it, you're weaving it into the you're weaving it into the discussion as if it's been just it's been made. The story's bad. Opinion. Okay? And then you're claiming that assertion is fact when you jump from that and say, okay, now, the reason that you can't, you can't just, you can't excuse a bad story is because it's a service game. You haven't proven that it's a bad story. You've just opinion, it's just, you've, you're just your opinion it's a bad story. So, it's just, it's, it's an assertion on top of an assertion. The story's bad. Assertion. Unproved opinion. Right? You can't excuse that because it's a live service game. That's another assertion. That's another opinion stacked on top of an existing opinion. That's shaky at best. And that's part of the problem is nobody's nobody's proven with any definitive voice. I don't think that the story's bad. They've merely opined that it's bad. And then they back it up by saying, well, or with, no, you can't say that the story's allowed to be lackluster because it's a, it's a service game. It's just, again, it's assertions on top of assertions on top of assertions, and people are like, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, but no reviewer voices their opinion like it's an opinion. They voice it if it's fact. Dude, can we just leave this area? We're not fixing the pub, dude. We're not fixing it. Like, let's just go somewhere else. Um, yeah, okay, Milo's going somewhere else. Good. Thank you. I was like, dude, we're, it's, we're not fixing it. It's broken. 
Uh, Evil the Waffler. Why do you gain uh, experience when you're level 30? Uh, because it goes into your faction reputation, I believe, or something. I actually don't know why you gain experience when you're at level 30. There's got to be a reason. I know that your factions, your uh, Sentinel and your Arsonist and your Freelancer, you still get experience there, but it's different. It's not the same as your experience. Oh, it's for your Alliance. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know how much that plays a part, though, beyond that. Uh, Alathian. I hate how reviewers like Angry Joe don't update their videos when games they don't like improve. Joe's ESO has millions of views and still sways people away from the game with ridiculously outdated information. Do you think reviewers should link to a new updated video or even uh, remove their old... Well, no, they shouldn't remove their old videos. Joe also has a million views on his Anthem microtransactions video, uh, which doesn't match the current state. Right, and that's why I said, like, I just... I. I don't know. I just, I think it's funny that people said a negative, misinformed, false tone about the game before it launched, and they've leaned into that false tone that they've set, and they, they come to the game with expectations because it's Bioware, and they're just sort of leaning into the choir that they've, they've kind of warmed up the choir, right? They warm up the choir with their microtransaction falsehood, and they mislead everybody with thumbnails and, oh, it's outdated information, right? And then that choir is, like, warmed up and ready to sing hate at Anthem, and then Anthem launches, and big surprise, their review is negative. Do you see what I'm saying? It's just like, I'm not saying that they didn't enjoy the game, I'm just saying I could go to any game... And to a certain degree, it'd be pretty easy to couch everything negatively if I approach it in the right way. Um, so I've not seen Joe's review, but it's just like, I, that's just kind of the way things have been going. But like games get beat to heck and back before they launch. And then when they launch, people are like, yeah, this game's disappointing. I don't know. I would expect very similar things to happen with Division if you want my honest opinion. I think Division's going to go through a very similar can't wait, beta was good, you know, you know, although a lot of the a lot of the beta feedback for Division seemed like people were already saying that they were worried. So, again, we'll just have to wait and see. To a certain extent, I don't think there are people that are super reliable for reviewing service games because I think they come to service games with expectations that service games never set out to meet. And they're just like, well, you can't excuse it as being a service game for having blah, 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 blah. Like, they just sort of are like, no, you can't, you can't excuse, you know, you can't excuse the game because it's a service game. Instead of seeing it as like, well, no, like, the actual game itself should be judged according to different, uh, different things because it's a service game. And, and that should be weighing in on the decision. Um, but, I don't know. I don't have time to watch every single review, so I'm not commentating on Angry Joe's review. I'm just commentating on the the propensity for games to get sort of be- like th- in this case in particular, the game sort of got hated on before it was even out of the gate, and then and then those same people are are leaning into the negative dialogue. Now, again, when we look at Anthem and we look at the problems and we look at the bugs and the glitches, are those enough to really lambaste the game in your review? I don't know. You'd have to write your review from that angle. A lot of the reviews were not written from that angle. They were written from the angle of 
everything about the game is disappointing and it's buggy and it has load screens so I don't know no game is perfect no game is perfect I think a lot of games I think a lot of the games that launch in better and better shape are single player games I think a lot of games that launch in better shape are single player games I just think there's significant challenges for games like this to get off the ground and we're seeing that that's pretty consistent I think it's pretty consistent that um, I only got one masterwork this time. That seems not right. I thought I saw way more than that drop. I don't know if the game is tracking my stuff properly. I swear to you I had more than that. Um, Raptor West. Hey, Lono. Love the content. Keep it up. How do you track pub events in this game? I'm not seeing any indication. There's no indication on the map. Just keep flying around. Um, Eventually, you'll see the purple things pop up just look for and listen for them i find having a lot of fun in free play but having to go back into the fort so i can empty my inventory is annoying how do you feel about bioware adding an option to delete gear so you can make room i think once you're um here's what i think they should do once your javelin is purple you should be able to delete like whites and greens right what you should just be able to delete whites and greens when you're out and about you don't, I don't need to come to this next screen to be like, let me delete my whites and greens here. Once you're at a masterwork level javelin, I shouldn't need to come back here uh, to uh, to delete you know, once I masterwork, I shouldn't even need to come back here to delete uh, blues. Whites, greens, and blues should just, I, be, I should be able to delete them when I'm out in the wild. Um personally that's what i think now i don't think you should be able to switch your gear out in the wild i think that grates against the identity and i think that hurts people sticking with the team and they're just going to be navel gazing and looking at loot um so uh do you think uh it's rewarding to get whites and greens grandmaster 2 uh they have four ammo inscriptions um i already dealt with this person i think just like assuming that the loot's bad because like loot drops wherever you go i i'm not answering your question i think that person got banned uh do you know if the legion of dawn gear can be farmed uh or only pre-ordered i don't know the answer to this question pyrostatic says have you heard of any problems with voip not working on pc i hear i can't hear anyone and all my sound settings are correct i have no idea it's pushed to talk so i don't think people are pushing to talk uh, button mantra do you think that people would be better actually playing the game and deciding if they like it or not since they can do it at so little cost there's a 14 day refund if you buy the game as a standalone or if you have origin access subscription I mean I don't like telling people to, to buy games I don't like doing that so I don't want to tell somebody well just get it and if you don't like it just get a refund like I try and tell people what I think is good and why I'm enjoying it and then they can make a decision based off that Amish Milkman, with games that have tiered loot and have limits to equip amounts of help with not making the previous tier pointless, such as Destiny's single exotic and then all legendaries uh, so that not everyone is running all exotics and making legendaries uh, another placeholder. It just depends on the game though, dude. Like, you gotta get to the point where you're carrying all good gear and the real difference between your gear and somebody else's gear is the role. I don't know, Milkman, I don't know how you would expect them to make it to where low-level loot is still interesting. I mean, I'm, I, I genuinely mean that. Like, I don't know how you would do it. I just... I, I feel like there's too many things that go into... Um, 
there's too many things that go into it that, that like you have to kind of leave behind the old stuff there's a natural trajectory in these games and I don't know acting like they can somehow get to a place where loot is infinitely worthwhile um I just I don't think that that's possible I think stuff always gets to the point where it becomes irrelevant and unseated um I just yeah and what games have interesting low level loot like what game has done it if you think it's if you think that's a needed value point then I would say point me in the direction of a game that's done it right like what what game's done it um cuz I don't I don't know of very many games that have that have pulled that off um to any any great degree I think that's just the natural course of things is you're you're using it and then as you're using it it becomes irrelevant and you kind of leave it behind right now I'm not a fan of games where you craft the stuff and then it breaks down like I didn't mind it in breath of the wild but the frivolity of, of weapons if that's even a word um, it just I don't like I don't like that in in games like uh, dying light and stuff I just feel like you end up you end up really just the gun, the, the the gear is just just fodder you're just you're just blasting through it and it just doesn't feel like it matters um it's just I don't know I don't know the solution I'm thinking like how once you get all legendary and anthem the masterworks are all kind of pointless right and but that you have to understand though that's the way it is man once and then the difference between your legendaries at like look loot pursuit narrows with time that's just the nature of it it narrows with time so if you get legendary gear once you're getting legendary gear you're tracing really really good roles masterworks are 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 a stepping stone to that grind and in destiny the idea here is is that masterworks and Okay, it's kind of confusing because the loots don't the, the loot systems don't line up perfectly. But imagine if in Destiny it's already kind of happening, right? You have legendary gear and then you have pinnacle gear. And once you get a pinnacle piece of gear, all other legendaries in that archetype kind of feel like they're a waste. It's kind of like, well, why would I ever use this? Why would I ever use another auto rifle? I've got a breakneck or a I've got a a half dan. I mean, the the breakneck is specifically made pinnacle and the half dan's just like one of the only really good auto rifles w- worth using so like once you get the once you get the breakneck the hazard of the cast becomes worthless so even in destiny they've done that and i think the reason you do that is that's just that's a driver for loot incentive you get to the top and you're not looking for well wait now all this loot's invalidated I think you're looking at things backwards it's not that it's all invalidated you're in a new loot pursuit now you're looking to get legendary gear that has specific roles and when you get those roles it makes your build stronger and then you feel stronger you're you're more fine tuning at that point I don't know like I think you ask you ask the impossible mathematically I think you ask the impossible but it within the hierarchy of grind, how do you say this level five stuff at the top of the hierarchy is as good and can be unseated by this stuff down here? Like that doesn't make any sense. That's illogical. Like I think like mathematically in the hierarchy of loot pursuit, it is necessary to leave behind the stuff that you were chasing and getting. Does that make sense? This is like the longest Q&A question ever, Q&A session ever. But or something, do you think people would have reacted the same way if we had not, if the game had not released on PC first without the day one patch? Like, everything released at the same time, and the day one patch came out the same day as well. Sorry for the long question. 
This is so speculative, Butters. I feel like you guys know not to ask questions like this. Like, how am I supposed to even speculate on that? That's so big and nebulous. How would have people reacted with a completely different launch? I have no idea, homie. How am I supposed to even answer that? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like... People, people spin things negative when they want to. We got early access and got a day one patch within five days that fixed ground level problems, so the 22nd launch date was significantly better, and people still spun that into a bad thing. So I I don't know. It's hard to predict what people are going to do. Uh, button Mantra. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with the lack of content, but I agree. I think Bioware contributed largely to the perception of lack of content by releasing this game where it's easy to cheese the game instead of a more structured progression path. What are your thoughts on this? They patched the cheese within a day that was in the first week of early access that was not after the official launch. So no, they have not fed into the lack of content. Listen, if you're going to grind and take shortcuts and cheese and exploits to shortchange the length of the game, you don't get to comment on the length of the game. I just got a, Did I just get a legendary out of this chest? Was that? Okay, good. It was a green. I was like, don't give me legendaries out of world chest. Like, you don't get to comment. Like, you don't. If you took shortcuts. Oh, it's on Bioware? They fixed it within a day. But people went nuts, man. They spent a whole day no-lifing and going crazy with exploits. That's why I said, I was like, this is bad for the game. This is bad for the directory. If people do this for the next six days, there won't be anything left. They're going to wring the game out like a rag and throw it over their shoulder and be like, nothing left to do, man. No grind. Like, that's exactly what was going to happen. If, if it, all it took was one day for some of those people to have that attitude, it's like, but you didn't play... You're critiquing a game that doesn't exist, you know? It's like starting Monopoly and giving yourself part place and being like, eh, Monopoly's just too easy. It doesn't last long enough. You cheated! Of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Uh, I really enjoy Anthem, but my big thing is I wish it had a screen showing your stats. We've addressed this. We're all hoping for a stat screen. They've said they're gonna, they're, they're, they're looking into doing it. Chris 66 with a, uh, With as pushy as the game is, shouldn't it be uh, a more proper postmaster? Yes. This is a criticism that I will make with you every time you make it, okay? If I don't pick up my loot, all right, whites and greens, okay, sure. Once I'm a certain level, go ahead and leave my whites and greens behind. There there doesn't seem to be a reason to break them down. So, like, not getting their resources, I don't know. In a loot pursuit game, okay... In a loot pursuit game, I have game volume turned off, Milo. In a loot pursuit game, you can't let people not get that sense of getting stuff. So even if you even if you allow me to say don't send whites and greens to the postmaster, all I'm really gonna do is have to make the decision that kind of feels like I don't want to make the decision of well, I guess I won't pick up whites and greens then, and they won't go to the postmaster. Uh, it's not loot. You get your loot rare and above. Is that true? Is that true? Is it your loot and above? I thought people said it was only masterworks and above, which that wouldn't that that's not jiving with what many people have said. This is going to be a really really tough fight. Actually, he's a full. He this is a full dude. 
and I'm going to have to get into a better position here. I'm overheated for forever. Uh, how do you feel about the comments made by Travis Day and Bioware's response? I don't I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Zero RSW. Do you think live service games are at any kind of a disadvantage at their launch because of the rapid rate at which people tend to consume the content in these days? Right. Like, dude, there are layers, okay? There are layers to go into why service games like this get, in my opinion... I feel like they get mistreated by the people that play them and then unjustifiably hated on by those same people. I think people are like, they play at a breakneck speed and then they, they don't, they don't actually, you know, engage in the content as it's designed and then they judge it according to that sort of mistreatment of the game. It's it's like, I don't know. Like, if you're gonna say games bad, not good, and then you're gonna and then you're gonna base that, and you're gonna say like stories bad, not good, and then you admit though that your bias, right? Your bias was that they should be having uh, di- dialogue that influences the story, and because they don't have dialogue that influences the story, I don't care about all their efforts to create side missions with interesting dialogue. And you go back to the fort, and you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody, right? Well, the problem with that is, is your bias determined that judgment call. You determined and said in your mind, they better give me the ability, they better give me the ability to influence the story with dialogue. And when you learn that you can influence the story with dialogue, your bias, your expectation then takes all the dialogue in the game and says, all bad, not worth it, not going to engage with it. It's like, what? Your, your, your bias as a player to say, I'm going to take every shortcut I can because getting the best gear is, is, is the reason I play. So I'm going to take every shortcut, every exploit I can to get the best loot possible because that's how I'm motivated. And then you conclude that, well, there's not really any grind because you took shortcuts and, and cheated your way to loot that you, you didn't deserve. Um, so... By uh, the Travis Day, the creator of Loot 2.0 for Diablo, Bioware's comments were very positive in response. I'm anxious to see that kind of an exchange within the development world because that's what I think a lot of people miss. I think a lot of people miss in these discussions is that, like, service stream, service games are, and it's a learning process, bro. It's a learning process, and I think that if you think that there are these there are these idyllic versions of service games out there then put out those like in, put out that input and those positive vibes but i've not played a service game yet that made the story mind-blowingly you know deep and amazing now the story in diablo is really dadgum good but i'm not ha- i don't have any influence over that it's just really good cutscenes um it's a cinematic narrative more than it is like a dialogue driven I'm a part of the narrative thing and in that realm I'm not giving the game a pass I'm sort of saying on a scale of 1 to 10 story in a game like this just needs to hit like a solid you know 6 or a 7 and I'm happy why? not because I'm happy with mediocre storytelling some of my favorite games ever have some of the best stories and characters Borderlands 2 has some of the best characters best written and voice acted characters in all gaming right Tiny Tina and Handsome Jack just to name a few then Hellblade Ori in the Blind Forest uh Uncharted 4 these are games where I love the narrative and I love the story I, I don't I don't 
not prize a good story but what I don't do is I don't expect every genre of game to have the same quality points like even when I played Spider-Man I didn't expect there to be like dialogue driven narrative elements it was like nah it's, it's an action adventure game you know, the story's peppered throughout its seasoning. It was seasoning during Horizon Zero Dawn as well. And it was actually really good. But again, those are single player games too. So that's like, I don't know. I look at it like this. I ask, I ask like foundational questions. Is it single player? Yes. Okay. That puts me in a certain category. Okay. Single player has got to have a lot of, a lot of strength because that's just it. It's just you by yourself. Okay. After that, oh, is it single player? Okay, what kind of story is it single player? Is it action adventure? Is it narrative driven? Is it an RPG? Is it, uh, what, you know, what is the genre of the story? Is it is is it a serious story? Is it a somber story? Is it like Detroit Become Human? Is it like you know what I'm saying? So, but if I ask the question, is it single player? No, it's multiplayer. Okay, what kind of multiplayer? Because like, look at look at the story in Borderlands Two. It's a game that like really derives its fun and its and its strength from really cool loot and playing with your buds because it's cooperative. And when you play that game, if you go into play Borderlands and you're like, I want a gripping story that's really interesting, eh, it's kind of hokey. You know, some of the scenes are really hokey. You know, what's him? You know, Mordecai getting mad about Bloodwing, and eh, it's it's not super serious, but it it works, right? It works, and it gets the job done. And the primary quality of playing Borderlands isn't derived from that story, and that's not me giving the story in Borderlands a pass. Um, I don't know. It's me saying. What's the real reason I keep playing? We have gone round and round on this in Destiny. Uh, story and lore. What's the real reason that I keep playing though? It's the loot. Right? It's the it's the it's the it's the shooties and the looties, man. That's what keeps you going. And to pretend otherwise, I think is just asking a game to wear too many hats. Like, and this is why we had the PvP discussion so many times. Asking a game to wear eight hats, you're likely to find nobody wanting to wear those hats because none of them have been really you know none of them none of them are gonna suit the style that people are looking for. When you ask this game to be something to everyone, you're like, it should have an amazing story and dialogue trees that influence stuff, and then it needs to have loot, and then it needs to have diverse activities, and then it needs to have this. Okay, so you want, basically what you want is, you want the story, depth, and dialogue influence of Mass Effect. You want the activity diversity of an action-adventure game like Assassin's Creed, Spider-Man, or Horizon Zero Dawn, and you want the loot depth and longevity of like every looter shooter in existence. You want this game to be like three different genres genres of games now everything i just described if a game were to pull that off do you want to know what my concern would be this is my concern let's say that game gets created mass effect 20 and it's got the loot depth of all the best looter shooters in existence and it has the activity diversity of these action adventure games where there's just so many different things to do and it always feels like you're doing a little bit something different right the the content loop never feels that repetitive and the story has the depth and the dialogue options, right? This dream game. Do you want to know what would happen? The people that want to grind for the loot would be like, I'm sick of the story. And the people that want to do the dialogue would be like, I'm sick of having to change my loot. There'd be all these risks. 
you'd be taking all these risks about like not owning your core competency and core identity and you would risk pleasing no one when you attempt to please everyone you end up pleasing no one and that would be the the giant risk now if you're really savvy and you're listening to this and you're like he's on to something bob we should do what he's saying well you would want to make it to where somebody actually boots out the game and says what are you really wanting do you want a deep story with lots of dialogue trees i'd be like no i want looties and shooties right i would check the looties and the shooties box and the other person be like i don't really care about the looties and the shooties i care about the, the dialogue and they would tailor make maybe the game for you like the dialogue would be all automated for me i wouldn't have to check any i wouldn't have to check any boxes there would just be back and forth it'd be like what type of player do you want to be in your engagements aggressive winsome charming and i would say okay make me charming make me winsome make me aggressive to these degrees and then it would just predetermine all my responses for me because maybe i don't want to do all that dialogue stuff you know but again, you're talking about a game that would literally be almost unmakeable because of the depth with which every system would need to be unbelievably depth and diverse. Again, you're talking about like a buffet style. Give me this from this style game action adventure of, you know, I want the activities to be incredibly different. I want the, you know, I want the story to have depth and all the dialogue trees and blah, 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 blah. Like you're at your buffet styling. You're almost like a la carte. You're a la carte your game quality i just i don't know it just seems like that's that's you're asking for way too much and that's one of the reasons maybe i'm too easy to please right maybe i'm just naive but here's ultimately where i want to end this talk today most of my interaction with the community lately about this both on youtube and twitter seems to stem from one thing right there are people who are idealists when it comes to video games and if those ideals are not met they are black and white and dichotomous idealists it needs to be at this level of greatness it needs to be this this good and when it's not game's bad game's crap game's not worth paying game's incomplete that essentially is where i think the rub is i think there are people that are like me that are like i just want to have fun shoot and loot and get and get stuff and I want things to be better. I get very critical of games that fail to do the things they set out to do. I've done that with Destiny. I've done that with Anthem. I do make those criticisms. There's a difference between criticizing a game to see it bettered and someone ultimately being like that parent that doesn't accept B's and C's. Don't you see? You're kind of being that parent. B's and C's, garbage. Go to your room. This is unacceptable. And I just, I don't know. I get that feeling whenever I interact with these people. These idealists that if the game doesn't hit their their measure, then they just resort to, it's a zero. There were people that did this on a website where you could vote for t-shirts. You could vote zero, one, two, three, or five, and you voted on the artwork, and however good the artwork scored, it was deterministic of what ones they printed. Threadless was a brilliant business design. It's been replicated a hundred times over. They were featured in Forbes magazine. It was one of the fastest growing business models in existence. It was brilliant, right? Well, it became known, though, that people would basically be like, like it, hate it, like it, hate it, like it, hate it. They would essentially get dichotomous about it. Like a dichotomy is when it's either this or it's this. It's either this or it's this. And the reason that um, that became so problematic on the website is 
your score would get quickly tanked because people like don't like it and they would just start voting it with zeros there was no middle ground there was no well you know I'm getting threes and twos and fours on my shirt and then there's some people that like it and I'm getting fives and your score really even out everyone's scores were always landing in like the twos and threes because there were people that liked it and there were people that hated it and all those zeros and fives just slowly added up to everybody basically getting the same score and I feel like that's what's happening in games these days we're just we're just you either love it or you hate it you're you are either a, a sellout and a shill or you're a hater and you're and you're just spewing criticism and all we're ending up with in the middle is just like this well, are the games even good I can't tell everyone's saying completely different things so we've just lost the ability I think to be like nuanced about stuff it's okay for a game to be disappointing and not give you what you want and not be literal trash I think that's okay and I think that happens a lot and I think when the developing company is committed to improving the game and they're clearly and they're clearly investing in quality of life I think that gives me confidence that there that this game could be like many others no man's sky and division and destiny that that would be the thing i would really urge people to see is that when developers don't give up on games and they really and they really dig in and say we're committed to the quality we're committed to improving we benefit from that so why not get into those lanes of communication instead of just getting into tired pronouncements about games trash games bad and you're like glad to see something failure to to, to see something fail i don't know I think people are, like I said, I think people are just allergic to joy. They're just addicted to seeing things. They like to see things fail and fall flat on their face. And I think it's, I don't know. I think it's unfortunate. I think people rob themselves of good enjoyment. I think they they shade the way games look because of that. So I'm going to keep streaming. The stream is not shutting down. So if you're in the chat right now and you've enjoyed this back and forth in Q&A, please click the follow button. That is the little heart button that follows my stream. You can turn on notifications so you don't miss these segments. You can be a part of it and submit those questions. If you're listening to this later on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. You can look up Say No to Rage on Twitter and Twitch, and that way you don't miss out on these streams. There is a podcast tonight as well on Monday nights if you don't want to miss out on that. That's why you want to be following the stream. As always, if you're listening to this or watching this in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.